What's going on, drinking buddies? Real quick, before we get into it this week, I just got a couple live appearance dates coming up. First and foremost, on Halloween proper, Wednesday, October 31st, come out to Spearman Rhinos, Dames and Games, Top of Sports Bar and Grill for the Vampires and Vixens Party. We're going to have a costume contest. We're going to be recording it now. We drink live stage side. It's going to be awesome. Great drink specials. Come out. Party kicks off at 9 p.m. Say my name at the door for discounted admission. Also, L.A., you love podcasts. You love comedy. November 4th, 7 p.m., there's going to be a live taping of the Man Whore Podcast at the Dojo of Comedy inside the Sycamore Tavern. If you're unfamiliar with Billy Presida and his awesome podcast, most people try to avoid their exes at all costs. Billy podcasts with them. It's going to be Billy and four of his exes for this amazing live podcast experience I'm producing. Come out. Get your discounted tickets now at manhorpod.com slash tickets. Just a quick word from our sponsors. The people that make this shit happen. The people that keep me in alcohol money. Cheers, by the way. First and foremost, we are brought to you by our friends at Vinyl Me Please. Vinyl Me Please is the record of the month club. The best damn record of the month club. In fact, every month, Vinyl Me Please features one album that is essential to the modern vinyl collection. Each record is pressed exclusively for Vinyl Me Please and has features you can't get anywhere else, like bonus tracks, inserts, color variants, and it comes packed with a 12 by 12 album-inspired art print and custom cocktail pairing. How can you go wrong? Vinyl Me Please is not like old-school record of the month clubs. No commitment. Cancel any time. It's month to month. It's awesome. So if you want to check out Vinyl Me Please, go to www.joinvmp.com slash ANWD. Once again, that is joinvmp.com slash ANWD. We are also brought to you this week by our friends at Loot Crate. Loot Crate is a monthly mystery crate that delivers the best in geek and gaming gear. From collectibles, apparel, tech gadgets, art, and other epic gear, it's like Comic-Con in a box. For less than 20 a month, you get 68 items that include licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, and unique one-of-a-kind items, and more. You'll have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe to receive that month's crate. When the cutoff happens, that's it. It's over. You cannot get that crate anymore. And of course, by supporting our sponsors, you support this show. So sign up today at www.trylootcrate.com slash ANWD. That's again, www.trylootcrate.com slash ANWD. And enter the code BRIDGE10 to save 10% off any new subscription. Last, but certainly not least, we are brought to you by our friends at Laughable. Laughable is the number one comedy podcast app on iOS. Not only can you subscribe to your favorite shows, you can also subscribe to your favorite performers. You can look them up, find out any appearance they've ever made on any other podcast. Are you worried that Laughable may not have your favorite show? Email them and they will add it to the app generally same day. It is the best podcast app out there, hands down. Android users, it's coming real soon. Go to www.laughable.com, sign up for the mailing list. But for my friends on iOS out there, download that motherfucker right now. Go to the App Store, download it, re-download this episode. You won't regret in the least bit. My guest this week is Imagine. Imagine is an L.A.-based rapper. We had a really interesting conversation. He's an avid traveler also. I mean, he knows the way to my heart. He brought vodka from Iceland for me to check out. It was a really good conversation. I'm sure you guys will enjoy it. Kick back, relax, pop a cold one. Stay tuned after the show ends for the Anawi Drink premiere of Imagine's Mike Check. Hey, 
I'd rather be uh, broke in Los Angeles than prosper anywhere else. Right? Who wants to prosper in fucking middle of nowhere America? Yeah, I, I, just, I, just, I couldn't do it. I've been to some places in, in America. Love Seattle. Love Vegas. Uh, Portland's dope. But there's just something about Los Angeles that just draws you near. It's the center of the fucking action. Absolutely. So I, I'd rather be here at any point in time. Fuck that. Yeah. Everything's a fucking hour away. The beach is an hour away. The mountains are an hour away. The desert is an hour away. Everything is just simply an hour away. And you're married, but the beautiful women are everywhere. Oh, there's nothing like Los Angeles women. That's because they're from all over the world. Only the best of the best come to Los Angeles. And it takes a while to dig through a couple, a couple ones, a couple twos. But man, there's some solid nines and tens in this town. Easy. Uh- Oh, a Hollywood 7 is like a 10 anywhere else. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you ain't that bad, girl. Oh, but if you went home, you're the baddest motherfucker there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's and same thing. If you, I myself, I see myself as like a, like a solid 6. But if I can go somewhere, I'm like, oh, I'm from Los Angeles, automatically get another point, you know? When I travel around, it's like, oh, I'm from Hollywood. It just makes people just vision shit. They're just like, oh, you're from oh, Hollywood? Wow. Oh, wow. You see celebrities? Yeah, all the time. You know any <laughs> celebrities? I know a couple. Yeah, define celebrity exactly. But yeah. <laughs> I know a couple people, but hey. Yeah, I fucking love this town. I've always wanted to live here. I've always wanted to move out here, but never actually made it, per se. Where are you originally from? Uh, San Gabriel Valley. So just 30 minutes east, still within that one hour radius. Uh, 30 minutes east of uh, Los Angeles is the San Gabriel Valley. Born and raised there. Born in Glendale. Raised in Rosemead. High school, Covina. Been there ever since. Conveniently bought a house. Not bought a house, but renting a house in, in Covina with me and my wife. So Sick. Yeah. Hey, that's a lot more than a lot of us can say. I have a nice apartment, but I'm in my mid-30s. I still got a roommate. That's just how it is. Hey, that's just how it is, man. I, I don't hold that against anybody because I think my situation is particularly unique in how it just fashioned out that way. But, man, I was, I was getting ready. Like, oh, man, I'm going to find me a crappy-ass studio some out where in like Silver Lake or Los Feliz and make it happen. And then marriage. <laughs> ah, the damn ball and chain. Oh, yeah. She's great, though. She's super awesome. Oh, awesome. How long have you been married? Uh, since, fuck, May 20th of this year. So Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It happened all, all so quickly. We, we got the house in March, married in May, found out we were pregnant two months ago. Yeah, there's three just Congratulations. Yeah, thank you, Clink. There it is. Dude, super stoked. That was pretty fucking tasty. It's, it's pretty intense. So the Black Death, I bought a bottle while we were out in Iceland. And uh, it's, it's Icelandic vodka. It's called Brennivin. And uh, what you do out in Iceland is you pair uh, a shot of the Black Death uh, with a fermented shark. So you take the bite of the fermented shark. You chew on that. You just take it in like, oh, this is kind of nice. And then you shoot the shot. And at that point, you're like, oh, man, the fermented shark was actually better because the, the, the black death is pretty intense, man. I like it. Has some bite. Has some bite. I'm just drinking it. Hey, powder to you, man. <laughs> everyone, everyone that I've seen drink that, including me, always reacts with the face. Just like, <laughs> oh, oh, what is this? Oh, this is a horrible decision. So kudos to you, man. You're taking it like a fucking champ. <laughs> I'm just drunk. And- oh, kudos, man. Where's your, your favorite place to be drunk in what country in particular? Tokyo. Tokyo, hands Tokyo. down. Tokyo. Hands down. Is that like some sake or what? No, sake's no, Korean. Is it sake? No, no. Uh, sake is Japanese, but they're all about that whiskey life and so am I. Really? Yep. Whiskey? Man, they, they love America. 
They do. They do. <laughs> for being super racist sometimes, they love America. For being super racist, they are? Oh, yeah. I've never been to that part of Asia, so tell me more. Like, what? They're super racist? But they're so polite about it. Oh, wow. That's like the backhanded racism. It's really weird. You know, visible tattoos have criminal connotation. So right. me and my right. tattoo artist the first trip, sorry for the audience at home that's heard this before, got kicked out of like 10 different places the first wow. time we went there. But every time they're like, you're such a badass. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> just some scumbag with a, with a bunch of tattoos. They would just say, so sorry, so sorry, we're closed. Or And we'd be like, oh, our bad, we'll go somewhere else. Middle of the day, obviously open. As someone else walks in, they seat them. <laughs> Other motherfuckers were sitting there eating, and we're just like, oh, we're sorry, we'll go somewhere else. And then get out to the stream and be like, oh, wait a minute. They were definitely still open. Did, did we just experience racism? <laughs> like, wow. Or tattooism? What would you call that? I don't know. Uh, just a, it's a little bit of racism, <laughs> but the way I look at it is I would much rather get that level of racism than like someone trying to fight me or spit on me. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like it's Tokyo. We went five feet and went somewhere else. Yeah. It's, it's pretty compact. Oh yeah. It's Manhattan density with LA sprawl. Oh, nice. So good it's, description. Well, well done. <laughs> well done. I may have talked about this once or twice. Oh, okay. Okay. Got you. <laughs> so well-practiced spiel. Nice. But yeah, it's just, it's unreal. Just neon everywhere, signs, just craziness. That's pretty dope. And everyone's so polite. It's, I love it. One day I'm going to make my way out there. You got to go. Yeah. You got to go. But for the audience at home, this is the first podcast since I've been back from Columbia. Welcome back. I amazingly <laughs> survived. <laughs> Bogota is something else. But, okay. What, what was your best like experience in Columbia? What's your biggest takeaway? Uh, just, Other than you, I got you. Got to go back. Oh yeah, I got to definitely go back. <laughs> just for the most part, it's it's a misunderstood country. Everyone I talked to, was, for the most part, was just like, "You're an American. You're here. That's awesome." Like they have such a bad reputation in the world just because of the violence, the drugs. Right. And That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, you say Colombia. I'm like, oh great, you know, get some coke firsthand. <laughs> everyone I went, I told though I was going. They're like, dude, be safe. Like, yeah, that's what I would think too. And once I got down there, every everyone I dealt with was just like, oh, we're so happy that you're here. You know, tell your friends that Columbia is a beautiful place. Yeah. And that we just want to be part of the world. We don't, we're not that reputation. We're yeah. not, nar- we're not see, all narcos. Did you see anything shady that was like, oh, I should probably not go down that dark alley? Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> but Bogota is a city of 8 million people. Yeah, same thing for LA, I suppose. Like, I should right. probably not go down that dark alley. Exactly. When you have eight million people living in one place, that's no, true. No matter where it is, there are some parts where you're just like, "That's not where I belong." Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. And yeah, everyone's super friendly. Money goes insanely far. That's awesome. Like the median income down there is three eighty-seven US a month. Wow. So I rolled down there with five hundred. I'm like, I'm rolling around with someone's monthly wages. <laughs> Wee. <laughs> Made it stretch, had a good time. But yeah, there was definitely a little bit of shadiness. I fucked up night one, and I get off the plane drunk. Kind of what <laughs> happens when I travel. And this dude rolls up. Hey, man, he's wearing a badge. He's like, hey, man, looking for a cab? I'm like, yeah, I'm looking for a cab. Oh, no. <laughs> he's like, it's kind of like Uber. We're not an actual like cab, but we're licensed. I'm oh, like, great sign. I'm like, uh, okay, sure. I'm, yeah, let's go. This other dude rolls up in a Nissan. They both get in. They throw my bag in the back. And I'm, I get in. I'm like, as we're starting to drive, I'm like, I have fucked up here. Yeah. This was a bad idea. <laughs> this was a bad, bad fucking idea. So what you do in those situations, 
when you're in a car with someone you don't trust is you get behind the driver. Okay. Good call. Because if shit goes down, you grab the fucking driver. Fair. He's either going to get you in an accident or stop the car. True that. Rolled down my window just in case I was going to have to bail out the window or something or the child locks are engaged or some shit like that. True that. Some Jack Ryan shit. All right. And yeah, it was fine. I just I monitored where we were going to on Google Maps as we were going. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, if this dude like goes way off the beaten path to where we're going, I'm jumping out of this car. <laughs> I'm just going to tuck and roll. <laughs> yeah. I'm tuck and roll. The most I'm going to be out is a bunch of clothes that are in my suitcase and two bottles of whiskey. I'll be all right. I'll make it up. Median income is not that bad. I can make it up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we got there fine. Tipped him. No problem. But for a minute there, I'm just like, I've heard stories of them, you know, people getting jacked in Columbia and being forced to go to ATM to ATM until their card won't pump out money anymore. Wow. That's kind of the more like common kidnapping down there. Damn. Was fine. Was absolutely fine. But for half a second, there, I'm like, oh, I may have really fucked up here. Yeah, this <laughs> may have been a bad idea. <laughs> Night one, am I going to drunkenly have to fight some dudes? Or Did you go by yourself? I went with uh, two dudes I regularly travel with, and okay. they came in from Chicago, so they were already in country by the time I got there. Okay, cool. So I'm Ready to receive. Yeah, ready to receive. Got there, no problem. But, oh, man. Well, enough about my Bogota trip for right now. Oh. A little bit about you, sir. Oh, what's up, man? Yeah. Got a new album coming out? Super stoked. Yeah, man. Uh, Names Imagine, uh, Beyond Clouds is the new album that I'm pushing right now. It came out uh, September 28th, a couple days after my birthday. Uh, super fucking stoked about it. Um, it really is uh, very much like part journal entries, uh, part inspiration pep talks to myself and giving people an idea of, of who I am as an artist, my background. And if you really want to learn about somebody through music, this is a good way to do it. And it's, you know, doing inspirational stuff and diary entries like that. It's definitely a little more honest than someone. I mean, I'm sure some of the gangster stuff that's out there is honest. And it's actually people's life experiences. Yeah. But that can't be everyone's experience, Yeah, that right? can't be everyone. I've, out of everyone that I know on my scene, I've maybe seen only one or two artists are like, oh, no, he's, he's seen some shit. <laughs> he lived that life. But everyone else kind of like, oh, you know, money, hoes. I'm like, okay, number one, you're broke as fuck. You're probably in debt. Shut up. And then number two, like all these hoes. I'm like, nah, just because you add Facebook friends of like a, a, a bad bot <laughs> doesn't mean you got hoes, man. Stop it. When I'm just not about that at all. Also, hoes maybe you know, qua- quantity over quality. Yeah. Yeah. D- duff, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's why I married quality over quantity for sure. <laughs> My wife's a bad bitch, man. Oh, shit. <laughs> She's awesome. Hey, that's why you put a ring on it. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, man, so that, that's the music that I kind of make. It's very much very insightful, and I, I like to brand myself as making music for the lost and unloved, uh, because that's where I came from. I mean, that's kind of my background and being the outcast in high school and not really identifying with any particular group or anything like that. So I just kind of figured I, music for me was like a takeaway to get away, Um so I wanted to, I guess, give back in that sense and tell my story and tell people that feel as I do, you're going to be okay. It's going to be all right. You're going to go through some shit, but in the end, you're going to be all right. Yeah, you're going to be all right. Yeah. And eventually it's going to all end anyway, so you might as well enjoy the fucking ride. Exactly. And that's why I'm still doing this, man. We were just talking a little bit about passion projects, and that's exactly what these are, man. If, if, you're, if you're a starving artist, it's because you love what you do. But man, if you're going to do what you do, be sure you're doing it correct. You got to come correct. You can't half-ass it. You got to actually invest in what it is that you love to do. 
So that way, when you put it out, people might actually buy your shit. Yeah, people see insincerity a fucking mile away. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I, I go to shows and I see that shit. I'm like, okay, I checked out. I'm out. I'm like, Fuck you. But someone like, you know, I've, I stumbled upon a Hobo Johnson. Have you heard of them? Mm-mm. Hobo Johnson, I think the Lovemakers or some shit like that. It's, it's this one kid. Um, he did an NPR Tiny Desk submission. Have you heard of that series in NPR? I haven't, actually. Okay, so NPR, they do this like web series where they perform in like a what looks like a corner of a library. Very, very small space, but they're like big acts. So they did this contest and uh, this group called Hobo Johnson and I think the Lovemakers. Uh, they submitted it and this kid is super sincere. Like he's not, I mean, not writing anything particularly special, but his writings are very much him. His, his writings and the way he recites it are him. You feel for the guy. So that's the kind of same passion that I put into my projects as well. Is when I recite things on a record or when I'm performing on stage and I'm talking about my story and I'm talking about my music and my lyrics, I want you to feel. It's, that's, that's what good music does. It makes you fucking feel something. Yeah, you should never walk away from a song and just be like, meh. meh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that's, that's, that's the definition of what I do not want to happen for sure. Yeah, that's why I like good music, inspiring music or dark music, they all trigger something in you. Yeah, you're supposed to feel. Good music makes you feel. And that's what, that's what I want people to do. So like, even the album, like I don't say like it's it's a, a compilation of singles. It's not just good songs. It's an album. It's meant to be listened to from front to back. It spend a good hour with it and just digest it and feel it, and like a, like a good album should. You listen to it front to back. I feel like that's a fucking rarity these days in the really iTunes, is. Spotify, you know, single era. Like people want to buy the one track. Yeah, ninety nine cents on iTunes. Yep, boom, drop that dollar. That's it. They don't care about the rest of the album. They don't care about the whole work. Yeah, the work as a whole, for sure, for sure. And, and I think that's what I try to do when I make different types of pieces. So you, know, the, you were talking about the liftoff last uh, little moment ago, and that was the last project I put out. And that, was, that bitch was like 21 tracks or some shit like that. It, it was part original music, part covers, mixtape kind of stuff. But again, it's meant to be listened to as a whole. I like spend a lot of time track listing. Like, okay, this song has to follow this song. This one has to play before this one. And it's a process. Like, oh, it doesn't mix well. You have to really spend time with it. Oh, definitely. Definitely. What I miss about old CDs, vinyl, stuff like that, is like a track leading directly into the other track. Yeah. That's awesome stuff. Yeah, I have have that happen. And actually, um, funny thing about the liftoff, the last song on the liftoff ends with the intro to this album really and that happens on both of my both of my albums so my other album was called still within reach the mixtape before that was called uh dot 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 julian which is uh, my real name um so julian at the end of that project the last i guess music you hear is the intro to still within reach and i've done that back to back with both projects is that something you're going to continue doing the whole way through you know it wasn't intentional but it kind of just happened that way. So if it continues to happen and manifest the way that it does, then absolutely. But you should. I mean, that would be a unique stamp on your albums. Like, oh, this is just one long ongoing series. Yeah. yeah that'd be pretty bad. It's like a Marvel universe of yeah. imagined music. <laughs> exactly. Like, no, no, no. You got to pick up the first album because it leads into. Yeah, exactly. Start leaving Easter eggs in the albums in between each other. Maybe I have. Maybe I have. 
Mm. Hey, you man, have to go gotta, pick them up and see. Yeah, you have to listen and find out and listen to it, man, because it really is. There's there's some stuff in there that if I mentioned something on one track and then you know songs later, you're like, wait, I think he referenced something like that in the other album. Yeah, it's all tied together. Now I like that intricacy of it for sure, for sure, definitely. So down the road with you know child on the way, marriage is this new album reflecting some of that? Is there some at the end of it, so this album has been five years in the making. It's now 2018. Um, I started working on this album immediately following my debut album, Still Within Reach, um, and that was in 2013. It just kind of started just snowballing in the right amount of songs. They started to manifest. Um, some songs fell off the album because they no longer fit the theme and the overall picture of what we were trying to do. Um, so p- potentially some of it seeped into it, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know one, one song for sure, my wife. Was a, was a definite inspiration for sure. That's fucking awesome. And I can only guess that the future albums are going to be more about fatherhood. and Yeah, it's got to be a reflection of, of who you are. I mean, it's funny how you see like independent artists, when they start out, they have like a really gritty, you know, debut or lifestyle in particular. But then, you know, you're no longer living like that. So like Eminem, like when he, his the Slim Shady LP, super dark, super rigid, like, fuck, man, this guy has seen some shit. But now, flash forward to now, it's like, well, you can't rap about that no more. So I'm sure there's still some type of things that you can reference back to because you still hold on to those experiences. But can't rap about being broke no more. Like, just, right. You can't rap about being out in the streets when the streets are in Beverly Hills. Yeah. And, and you're surrounded by like a, a gang of security guards. Like It doesn't work the same way. No. No. But, but nevertheless, it does reflect where your your current status is or your impact and what it is that you have to say and does it matter anymore and is it a true reflection of who you are as a person or are you, are you trying to live as a character eh, so we'll see we'll see i feel like imagine and, and and myself are one in the same so it should be always an honest partnership that's awesome i'm curious about your process because everyone everyone goes through some dark times mm-hmm it's just part of the human existence. Yeah, Where do you find the inspiration to write about positive things when, when shit is so dark? Yeah. Um, it's because I'm by myself. You know, when you're by yourself and you have nothing else to really depend on or something to pull you out, you don't have a strong family or you don't have strong friendships. You know, you're born by yourself. You die by yourself. So when being faced with difficult situations, you only have yourself. So that, that's kind of what I said. Like, like these pep talks to myself, I write inspirational music for the lost and unloved because I too was lost and unloved, I felt. So when it comes time to like writing something inspirational, it's because I'm trying to give myself a pep talk. Like shit is really bad, but it's, it's just me that can pull myself out of it. So I got to talk to myself. You talk to yourself and you decide either you're sinking or you're swimming. Yeah, exactly. And as of right now, I'm swimming. That's fucking awesome. Fucking backstroking, man. It's nice. <laughs> Life is good. Taking it easy. Yeah. Fucking. And, and it's the fruits of the labor, man. You, you can't have these positive experiences without going through that dark shit. Period. In order to appreciate the light and the, the happiness, you got to understand what pain feels like. And that's where a lot of this music comes from. It's just like, yeah, these, this time sucked. Um, a good example of that is on the liftoff. I think it was track seven. It was uh, in the dark. I, I sampled, um, or I, I didn't sample, but the producer that produced the song sampled uh, the Foo Fighters. And um, the sample that they used was, uh, I think it was the, pre- the Pretenders. 
And in that sample, they were just talking about in the darkness and whatnot. So I was like, okay. From that inspiration, I just felt relieved, I suppose, to talk about my own past experience with going somewhere really dark. Um, and that was on the topic of school shootings. So in 2001, 2002, yeah, yeah. Um, I was just being bullied all the time. Just being always bullied and just being pushed to that brink of like, I don't want to deal with this. I need people to know how upset I am. So um, I wrote that song and it's pretty much taking the perspective of that that bully, what pushed that bully, or not bully, the, the bullied, what pushed them over the edge to decide to go pick up a gun and decide to shoot up the school. You know, a lot of these school shooting songs take the perspective of the victims but did anyone ever consider that maybe the shooter was also a victim? You know, hurt people hurt people too. Yeah, there are hurt people that wanted attention. Yeah. And just like before school shootings were so prevalent, people acted out in class because even negative attention was attention. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was, it was pretty intense to, to go through that whole process and writing it and really bringing up those old feelings. But I felt it necessary I told myself if there was one kid out there in the world that listened to this song and by the end of the song they they hear that you know it's gonna be okay you don't have to do this there's other ways um then then the song was worth it sharing my story was worth it I might you know get some flack for you know being that person like wait you considered shooting up your school I'm like yeah that thought crossed my mind people have fantasies about fucking everything that's the healthy way you the healthy way to deal with things is fantasize about them, not necessarily uh, act on them. Yeah, I can see that, and that's kind of how I felt. I mean, I, I really played it out just because not so much like I wanted to kill people. It was more of just I just really wanted people to to feel the same pain that I was feeling. Right, you were hurt and you were lashing out, and especially yeah. when you're a kid and you know being a teenage male, fucking testosterone's oh, flowing yeah, and just makes you a crazy person. Yep. You know, I did crazy shit in fucking high school. I actually graduated from like my high school's alternative school because I was a fucking behavioral problem. Yeah. It was just like, meh. I'm bored. I'm acting out. Not the best home environment. And, you know, I may have misbehaved a little. Just a little. I think it's kind of like a rite of passing. I mean, you get in some trouble, but th- those, those trouble instances, th- those are life experiences. You fucking learn shit from it. And so, in, in a sense, that's why I kind of mix shit up and I tell people support your local bully. Because they're going around and they're they're bullying these kids, but these kids that are being bullied, um, they're they're kind of learning life sucks, man. There's gonna be people that are just gonna fuck with you, fuck them, whatever. As cliche as it fucking sounds, pressure builds diamonds. It does. It just it just it's difficult because for that child that is being bullied, they just need a, a supportive environment, whether it be home, family, friends, or if they got nobody. Music. Uh, hopefully they're listening to good music that'll help them come out of, of this shit and come out on top. And that's what it was for me. Definitely. Well, so like what age, like what year was high school for you? High school, uh, I started in 1999 and graduated in 2003. Cool, cool. Yeah, so yeah. just a little younger than Age me. myself. Hey, a little younger than me. So <laughs> I graduated in 99. Hey. But one thing, I don't know if kids do that these days, but... I know back in the day, you know, internet wasn't as prevalent. Back in my day. Back in my day. <laughs> internet wasn't as prevalent. I would just go into my room and turn on music, fucking blare yeah. music. I don't think kids do that anymore. I feel yeah. like kid, music is just background noise to the internet oh, and other shit. Good point. 
very good point. I didn't, I didn't really thought about that. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking horrible, man. Cause like, like you said, you go in, you throw on a good LP and you, you gravitate towards the sound. It, manif- it manifests what it is that you feel. Oh man. Yeah. I remember just rocking out in my bedroom, man. Just fucking rocking it out, letting all that energy out for sure. Besides being in the car, when was the last time you just sat down and listened to music? No other distractions, nothing, just music. I do that often. Um, and that's only because, um, if I have an artist that I am a huge fan of, I want to listen to their music, not even so much as a fan anymore, but as a peer, I sit down, I listen to it and I like articulate what it is that they were doing. I dissect it and then start figuring out how can I do that? Or how can I be better than that? I'm, I've heard some projects. I'm like, y'all suck. (laughs) You guys let me down, man. Why is it that I can make better music than my heroes? This is fucking horrible. And then um, I also listen to a lot of uh, independent music. So like myself, I'm a local artist. So I, in turn, support local artists. So a lot of good friends of mine are great, great musicians. And I listen to the music. I want to give as much attention to the music as they put into it as well. It deserves that much respect. Definitely. But I feel like you're the exception, not the rule there. Oh, unfortunately, that's super sad, right? Yeah. It's super sad that, you know, music is not just meant to be background fucking elevator Mozak shit. I, I want people to actually sit down, like listen to it. So even if you're in, you're in your car and your traffic and you listen to the podcast, listen to your favorite album, listen to something where like, I'm going to intently listen to this and enjoy it. Well, the car is great for that, but I feel like other times, since most people are listening to music on this. Yeah, the phone. Yeah. The, the fucking phone, that they're like, oh, yeah, I'll listen to music in my headphones, and then, oh, I'm going to look at Facebook. I'm going to look at Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not really soaking it all in. Yeah. Yeah, and it's sad, man, because there's some really good fucking music coming out, I mean, especially just from like the local artists that are not getting that you know record deal or support and millions of dollars in marketing. They're still fucking great musicians. Like some some of my favorite records are from my friends. And that's fucking awesome, man. Well, that's the beautiful part about the day and age we're in now is DIY is totally viable without a ton of fucking money. Hell yeah. DIY I'm, till I die, man. Like this podcast setup yeah. ten years ago wouldn't be fucking possible. No, not at all. And it's fucking it sounds crisp. There's a nice space for it. You got the mixing board. I mean, Dude, this is a nice setup. And yeah, you're right. 10 years ago, no fucking chance in hell. Yeah, 10 years ago, hell, 10 years ago, I was doing music. We had to pay for studio time. We had we had to pay professional producers to mix, master everything. Yep, yep. These days, a laptop and a little bit of an investment in yourself. Oh yeah, you got to learn. That's why I say you got to come correct. You can't just half-ass it. If you're going to try and mix and master your own shit like I tried to used to, it was because I was learning the craft. I really tried to learn what it was. And eventually I was like, oh, there's way too many fucking knobs. Nah. <laughs> so that's why I, I partnered up with my homie Frankie Valentine uh, for Beyond Clouds. And he executive produced this album. And it sounds fucking beautiful because someone invested in the time to learn their craft. And you can totally do it yourself. You just got to take the time, the effort, the, dis- the discipline and actually pull it off. But it's totally possible. Yeah, it's totally possible these days, which is fucking amazing. And between YouTube and SoundCloud, yeah. the barrier of entry is not there that it once was. Because even 10 years ago, I was essentially dealing with local artists in Chicago. Yeah. And none of those guys would have ever put an album out if it wasn't me finding them at a bar being like, I like your sound. I want to work with you. Yeah. And me dropping capital into their albums. 
Yeah, and with that, you know, comes the the shine that they deserve because they make good fucking music, and the world deserves to hear this good fucking music. I can mean, just imagine like no one investing in Nirvana because they're a fucking garage band, no one fucking cared. Come on, man! Like, there's another Nirvana out there. There's another Kendrick Lamar out there. There's another Dr. Dre out there. They just need support from their friends, family, and friends, fucking fans. And they need drive. 100% what I used to tell my artists, and I still believe this today, drive will get you further than talent. you got to have talent. Oh, yeah. But drive will get you further. Yeah, I, I think before the internet, talent beat drive. I would say before the internet, talent be drive, and that's because if you were good enough, if you were good enough, people would listen, people would come back, people would be invested because they wanted to see you. But yes then, and no. I, I have to disagree a little bit because the problem is if you have the best sound in the world and no one fucking knows about it, it doesn't matter. If you don't have the drive to get out there and play shows, get on the road, make some sacrifices to do it, Yeah, it didn't matter. Cause, well, yeah, I mean, you, you have to have some amount of, you know, drive to actually invest in what it is you do otherwise you're going to be a starving artist because like oh, i don't want to invest in marketing well i'm not going to go anywhere <laughs> some of the bands i worked with i mean i love those guys to death that gave me a lot of experience and i loved working with them getting them to be like hey take a weekend off your day job i'm going to book you guys out a small tour yeah let's do it oh man i can't take off work yeah, you, where's it going to be, man? Yeah. Where's it going to be? What do you want to be? Do you want to be the fucking local hero that plays out in bars? Or do you want to fucking make something of yourself? Yep. yep. I was on the same boat, man. You know, I, I accumulate my vacation time from my nine to five for that very reason. When it's time to go on tour, like, okay, I'm going to be gone for a couple of weeks because I'm going to try to give this a shot. Yeah. And that's the only way you could do it. I mean, I got to pay the bills, but I'm also going to give this a legitimate shot. And who knows where it can go until you invest in actually trying to go there. And people just, they need to find the balance of drive, talent, because some of the people that are trying out for American Idol, they're kidding themselves. They're never going to be shit. Yeah. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> it's just what it is. It, Sorry, William Hung. Hey, William Hung works for the LA County Coroner's Office these days. Good for him, man. Yeah. Like, he's got a real career. He's doing better than either one of us. When they were saying he was killing shit, they weren't kidding. <laughs> <laughs> they were not kidding. But yeah, I mean, now, but nowadays, after the internet... You, you realize that there's a lot of people that have talent, but do they have the drive? And at this point in the game, if you are willing to invest in understanding how the game works, you'll get further than the guy with talent for sure. Definitely. Uh, and, and unfortunately, it sucks because sometimes people with drive, they just got a lot of spare time and a little bit of talent. And now we got shitty music. Womp womp. <laughs> hey. You know what? More power to them from fucking, you know, making... Oh, absolutely. I'm not knocking their hustle. Absolutely not. I mean, fucking anyone that's willing to do work and it, for it to bear fruit, dude, more, more power to you. It just irritates me to see potential wasted. You have people that do fucking amazing work and they're just not willing to put in the work to display it. And they're like, you, you, you got this talent. You're fucking amazing. But because you don't actually want to try and do something with it, you're letting it squabble. Like, well, you, there's man. probably a bunch of people in their ear telling them, oh, you're fucking amazing. And they don't think they've got to put in the work because everyone's telling them, oh, oh they're yeah, fucking amazing. I've seen that too. Stupid. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah, people are like, oh, like, I, I rocked this show. I rocked this show. I'm like, yeah, because you're in your area code. Go to a different area code. Then tell me if you're going to rock or some shit. Because otherwise, your friends are not going to make that drive out to a different state to support you. 
different county at that. <laughs> exactly. Or fucking in LA, they're not going to go to Santa Monica. Yeah. Like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I would I would not book a show on Santa Monica unless I knew I had a solid fan base. Right. <laughs> they're not going. <laughs> they're just not going to go. <laughs> right. It's like, especially you go out of state. You, it, it's, it's crazy. Just the balancing act between drive and talent. You just. Yeah, you got to have it. I, I kind of touched upon that, too. Also in the liftoff. Um, I took excerpts of uh, Dave Grohl, who I really look up to, and um, there was an interview he did I, I, I got from YouTube, and then uh, I also swiped uh, some of the footage from his uh, South by Southwest address. Oh, man, great stuff, and I found a good producer, made a good piano backing, and um, just combined it, and it's a beautiful piece. It's so inspirational just to hear Dave Grohl talk about what it takes to be an independent and just to fucking do it, man. Like this is you, this is your voice. Do something with it. There's never now that has there ever been a time to do something and have the, out of your fingertips. I met John, uh, fuck. I met John Favreau once fucking love John Favreau, director of Iron Man, Elf. He wrote swingers. swingers. Yeah. yeah. You know, swingers. Of course I know swingers. Dude, oh, fuck yeah. We'll get into swingers in a minute, but keep on with your story. So I, <laughs> I met him um, in in the back alley behind Jimmy Kimmel Live, where they film. Um, I was waiting out there to meet him. There was a ton of people waiting to meet Kim Kardashian. Kim came out, big whoop. She signed some autographs, and she left. And as soon as she left, all the crowds left. So I was like, oh, fuck. It's just, just me and my girlfriend at the time waiting for John Favreau. He hadn't come out yet. And fuck, I was waiting, waiting, waiting. And he fucking comes out. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, hey, uh, John. And he turns around and he's like, can I, can I talk to you for a second? And he's like, oh, okay. Million dollar moment. Just me, John Favreau in a back alley of Hollywood, just talking shit. Oh man, it's fucking awesome. And the, the best advice he gave me was, don't wait. What are you waiting for? There's so much technology now that everything is at your fingertips to get what you made out. What are you waiting for? Changed my life. Everything I know, like, why are you waiting you're, you're mixing down this project. You're trying to make this perfect. Fuck that. Just put it out. You know you do good work. Put it out. Share it. Let it speak for itself. And that's what we do. Yeah. And that's what you got to do. That's, that's what you got to do, man. Uncle John for the win, for sure. Ah, oh, Favreau. Shit. To backtrack to Swingers real quick. Yeah. Talk Swingers to me. Oh. Favorite movie of all time. I love that movie. I yes. love that movie. And it's so fucked up because that movie hit me in different places in different points in my life. Yeah. So I first saw it when it came out, like DVD, VHS back in the nineties. Yep. I just laughed my ass off. Oh, you're so money, baby. You're so money. Yeah. 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 You got to get something for free when you come to Vegas. Yeah. Dude, there's so many classic lines that you cannot forget from that movie, dude. Fast forward 10, 15 years later, had a messy breakup. Yeah. And I relate to Mike so hard. I'm just like, Oh, I, I, I relate to the, I don't want to leave my fucking apartment. Is she going to call? Yeah, dude. That's the breakup movie. If you if you are a guy in Los Angeles, or usually a guy in general, but mostly Los Angeles, fucking watch Swingers as your rebound. Don't don't go out and find a woman. Just pop in Swingers and watch that a million times. Do both. <laughs> Just do both. Do a little bit of both. Do a little bit of both. But uh, de- definitely Swingers, man. It got me out in so many different funks. That's why I fucking love that movie. And then you see Chef? Have you seen uh, Chef yet? I haven't seen Chef. Oh, dude. It's like... What he did with Swingers, that magic of encompassing a, a good story that are just about people, was in Chef. So if you haven't if you haven't seen Chef, 
check that shit out. It's I so will definitely good. check that out. It, it reminded me of Swingers so much because it was just so simple, so honest, but man, it hits you. We need more movies like that. We need more character-driven, honest fucking movies. Yeah, and it's a movie that doesn't require a sequel. It was, no. It was a story that needed to be told. It was told, and it was awesome. Yeah, no That's one, all you need. No one gives a fuck about where Mike is now. Yeah. I mean, I kind of do, but I mean, that's because I'm just a hardcore fucking fan. But Swingers does not need a sequel. Like, it does not. Absolutely. No, but do I want two hours of Mike and Heather Graham's characters fucking off until the sunset? Yeah, not needed. Or their messy breakup, depending on however yeah, they yeah. wrote the sequel. Like, <laughs> depending on where it went. Yeah, like, I don't want that. LA. It's LA. It was probably a messy breakup. It was probably a messy breakup pretty shortly thereafter. Oh, man. She probably got a casting call. and The internet shortly arrived thereafter. Right. <laughs> yeah, all bad, man. But it, I fucking love Swingers. If you have not seen that shit, pop it in. It's one of the greatest. It's the one of the greatest Los Angeles movies, I would say. Oh, yeah. And when I saw, first saw it, I had, hadn't even been to LA. So coming out here and being like, oh, Are I know where Chicago? that is. Yeah. Nice. So coming out here and being like, oh, I know where that is. I know where that nine-hole golf yeah, course is. Yeah, Los Feliz. <laughs> yeah, the Los Feliz golf course. Like, yeah. I remember um, I've, I've thrown a couple of birthdays at the Dresden because I just fucking love the Dresden because of Swingers. I, um, oh, um, I love Swingers so much that the year before the 20th anniversary, 2016, 2015, one of the two, I forget. Anyways, um, I love the movie so much. I was like, you know what? I didn't get to watch it in the movie theater because I was too young when it came out. So I was like, well, why don't I just fucking put it up on the movie theater? So I did. I bought the licensing rights to have a, a public display of the movie. I rented out the Vista theater for one night where I believe it premiered, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, it fucking played for one night. I had a one night only event to play swingers on the big screen at the Vista theater down the street from the Dresden. So we had a, a pre-party at the Dresden before the movie started at midnight. Um, and I had a, an autographed Marty and Elaine uh, swingers poster that I raffled off that night. I still have one for myself as too. Um, but yeah, it was, it was like a swingers night. It was like fucking dream come true. I had people from Miramax show up and they were super stoked. It was dope, man. That is fucking awesome. We are actually like 15 days away from the 22-year anniversary of it. Oh, man. Yeah, October. October 18th, 1996. Yeah. I'm trying to find where it actually, like, the, where the premiere was. But eh. I want to say it was because um, on, on the, the, at the front of the Vista Theater out there in uh, Los Feliz, um, they have like a Grauman's thing where they have uh, cemented handprints. And cemented handprints are from John Favreau and Ron Livingston in reference to Swingers. Um, Yep, it premiered at the Vista. Yeah. Oh, look at this 90s glory. Oh, yeah, that's totally 90s. The photos even look 90s. That's funny. What kind of camera were they using? Fran Drescher's in the (laughs) mini driver, Heather Graham, Ben Stiller. That's fucking cool, man. So I I got the Dresden in on it, so they allowed us to host the official pre-party to the movie. Um, We raffled off like a, a gift certificate for the Dresden. Um, copies of the movie, the soundtrack. It was just Swingers everything, man. That's fucking awesome. And Swingers is just amazing because it's like that microchasm of when like Big Ben and Swing was making a comeback. Yeah. Big Bad Voodoo Daddy in the soundtrack. I, which I have not seen yet. I still have yet to see Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. I've tried Are they so still touring? Times. Yeah. Fuck yeah. They did, uh, fuck, what was it? This past year, I think it was in May or I don't know, some shit. Recently, this past spring, um, I think it was the 
Eagle Rock Music Festival or some shit up there. Shit up there in, in Northeast Los Angeles. Um, there was a jazz festival and they headlined for free. That's fucking awesome. I didn't go because I was in Thailand. <laughs> but damn it, man. <sighs> no decisions. I, I know. such a hard life. Lady boys are jazz. Lady yeah. boys are jazz. <laughs> but yeah, man. Oh, fuck. Swingers. Everything. I mean, John Favreau, the way he wrote the movie and I talked to him about it and it was life changing. John Favreau for the win. I fucking Uncle John. And he's killing it right now in the movie game. Like Iron Man. I wish he had done Iron Man 3. I love Shane Black, but. Yeah, it wasn't as strong. wasn't as strong, but as of right now, anything John Favreau is involved in, I'm in. I'm fucking in, for sure. So, Thailand, tell me about that shit. Thailand was fucking crazy, man. Uh, we went for, for our honeymoon uh, back in uh, late May. Why Thailand for your honeymoon? She wanted to go. I mean, we both always wanted to go to East Asia, and we figured, fuck it, why not? I mean, we were considering Puerto Rico. We were considering Alaska. And then Thailand was there, but I was like, fuck, that's a really long flight. And she, she really wanted to go. So as the saying goes, man, happy wife, happy life. Damn right. So we went, and I don't regret it at all. It was fucking cool, man. We did all kinds of cool shit. We um, played with some elephants, fed them, bathed them, swam with, with elephants. That was fucking amazing. Um, kayaking and different caves and islands. Got to see James Bond Island. That was pretty dope. Um, but the probably most memorable part was a uh, Patong beach. It's called a uh, Bangla road. So you think Thailand, you think Bangkok, right? You know, like all the crazy shit from hangover Two and Bangkok. Well, I don't think a hangover Two, but yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to think of hangover Two ever. I'm oh, like, man. can I push that out I of my know. brain? It was kind of sad. Damn you, Todd Phillips. Um, damn you and your fucking soulless cash grab. <laughs> it worked though. Um, but it, it's like that. So you think of like the crazy, crazy Thailand. Um, this one section within uh, Phuket, which is in southern Thailand, um, this one area is like one stretch of road. It, it felt like Las Vegas just on fucking steroids. Anything goes, man. There's fucking go-go dancers on the street, prostitutes just walking around. I didn't see a cop not fucking anywhere within sight. People just advertising beer. It was cheap beer. Um, and then, they're, of course, they're, they're notorious ping pong shows. Needless to say, we had to check that out. So for the audience at home, what's a ping pong show? Uh, a ping pong show, it, when I told people, like, oh, we're going to go see a ping pong show, they're like, like professional ping pong. Like, no, 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 no. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. But We're talking about the extravagant abilities of a particular woman and particular muscles there. Oh, you don't, you don't have to be. <laughs> we're, an, we're, we're not a family show. You can just get like, into details. I know. I just like words. <laughs> um, so, she, she, so we saw this one particular show where we, we saw like a test, went to a strip club, saw some pretty fantastic Asian women. Um, but then these like two older Asian women come out and one of them just takes like a blow dart gun and sticks it up her vag and then asks um, a fucking random dude, hold this balloon on top of your head. And I shit you not, she fucking blew a blow dart. She queefed the blow dart. And shot the balloon off the top of this guy's head. On oh, some William Tell shit. It was for real. I would never let her do it because, I mean, I'm pretty sure she's practiced. She's pretty accurate. But I'm not going out. I'm like, oh, how did, how did Imagine die? Like, oh, he got shot in the face with a dart from a queef. Like, all bad. <laughs> Don't worry, man. It wouldn't kill you. You just have a red eye patch. Oh, yeah, for the rest of my life. And who knows whether they're Come on. In there. You're hip-hop? Come on. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, for real. Like, very slick Rick. <laughs> slick Rick, just get your eye patch on and be like, yeah, I lost this to a whore in Thailand. Yeah, yeah, totally. So we saw that as like the tester. We're like, holy shit, this is fucking happening. And then um, we went to another location. And 
the admission was free for the show, but you had to buy a drink. And the drink was $35. $35 US? Yeah. Wow. One beer. One beer was $35 US each. So I talked them down to 50 bucks for both of us. Um, but still, crazy. But anyways, we go in. As we're walking in, I shit you not, I'm there debating prices of this beer to this one Thai waitress. Meanwhile, on stage, there's this naked guy who has his dick in like a wire contraption and he's using it as a drumstick on a drum. So he hears, he's just fucking wailing his dick on this drum, on this snare drum. So while that's happening, I'm bargaining <laughs> with the waitress to bring it down to allow uh, me and my wife to just come enjoy the show for one beer. And she came down, so fuck yeah. So then we saw the show. Um, fucking amazing. Not only was there the blow dart, the, the dick-banging drum guy, um, but the same two women in this particular show um, had numerous things stuffed up their pussy. So one time they had the, the, the ping-pong balls, of course, so that's natural. She put throw it in there, she spit it back out, and then swat it with her hand into the crowd. And usually like, it's funny because like, you see a crowd and they want to like, oh, I want that, yeah, yeah, free shit. Total opposite. That, that fucking ping pong ball flagged into the crowd, and everyone's like, ah! <laughs> it's like a bunch of my friends when the bouquet gets thrown, just parting yeah, no, the Red no, Sea. Yeah, Red Sea, like, no! <laughs> yeah, totes. It's exactly what fucking happened. Um, so the ping pong ball, uh, the blow dart came out again. Um, the other ones that were fucking crazy. Oh, like the, the never ending uh, handkerchief, like the magician. Oh, just. It just kept going. <laughs> it just kept going. This one guy, like, had to go, keep pulling it, and. This girl was just standing there on stage and he's just pulling and that shit would not end. I was like, dude, like how much room does she have in there? Eventually that was answered by uh, having enough for four, not goldfish, but living longer fish. Yeah. In there. How'd the fish breathe? I don't know. I guess they held their breath or maybe it was wet enough where they did breathe. <laughs> In there, I don't know if vaginal fluid has that much oxygen in it. I don't know. So the, this one lady, so she comes out, she brings a little fish bowl, and it's full of water. And there's nothing in it. We're all like, what is she doing? At this point, anything goes. I don't know. So she puts down the little goldfish bowl, and it's just there. And she stands on top of it, and she's like dancing back and forth on top of it. And then she positions herself like she's aiming, like she's gonna pee in it, and bloop, fucking fish comes out. And it starts swimming in the fishbowl. We're just like, what the fuck is happening right now? And then she did that three more times. I would put money that she put a bunch of water up there too. I would hope so. I'd hope so. Poor fish. Yeah, that, that's animal abuse. Yeah. We don't stand for that shit Yeah, we don't show. stand for that. So if, if you're upset about the four fish, let me tell you about the bird. Oh, please. Yeah, tell yeah, me about yeah, the, bird. the bird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same shit. So she walks out and she has nothing in her hands. And she just stands out, the same you know, Thai lady, and she's dancing. And we're like, what does she have up there now? And she reaches in, and she pulls out a little parakeet. A little parakeet. And I was like, is it fucking dead? And it's flapping its wings and shit. Like, it was alive in there. Yeah. Wow. Fucking Thailand, man. That's what's up. I'm sold. I'm going. Dude, $25. Best $25 ever spent. <laughs> I would have spent the 35 Yeah. And that was it was an hour-long show. So we knew the show was done when uh, Dick Banging Dry came out again. He 
came back out and he started wailing his dick on the snare drum again. I was like, oh, they're just going to repeat the entire show over again. Okay, we're good. <laughs> and we left. That's fucking crazy. Like that was some shit, man. I've heard crazy Thailand. stories about Thailand, but yeesh, that's a whole nother fucking level. Holy shit. It was awesome. It, it was very much just like anything goes, man. And I love my wife because she wanted to go. Like we heard, we both heard about these ping pong shows and we were like, well, clearly we both got to go. And she's like, fuck yeah. So there we are. Newlyweds. Like, what do you guys do for newlywed? Oh, we saw this lady pull a fucking parakeet out of a pussy in Thailand. So romantic. We saw a bunch <laughs> of things that PETA would protest if they were oh, there. Oh, yeah, totes. For fucking for sure. They would not be happy about that shit at all. I want to go to the show that has PETA protesting outside of it. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's how you know it's good. Like, oh, PETA's outside the show? Yeah. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah. Count me in. Say that was fucking Thailand, man. That's fucking awesome. Did you see anything else? Like, um, No, I mean, we didn't see. I mean, I'm sure well, I did see some lady boys. They weren't like part of a show or anything like that. They were just there. So prostitution's legal there. You and the wife pick up a hooker together? No, she was offered. So while we were at the at that particular show, uh, one of the go-go dancers, question mark, um, she sat with us and she was like, oh, watch the show. Kind of like how a stripper approaches you, like trying to butter you up to like give you a dance. Um, same fashion, same approach. Um so yeah, she totally was into my wife and fucking wanted to make it happen. I was like, no, I just, why not? I don't trust it, man. I just, what don't I just you trust? Don't trust it. How many other fucking tourists have had their way with her? That's what condoms are for. Nah, man. Condoms are 99% for something like that. Me and the wife are going to need a solid 100% like God on line one saying you're going to be okay. Nothing's 100%. Ah, that's true. That's true. Nothing's 100%. And the amount of communicable disease between two women, pretty low. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know the facts on that, but I mean. I tie, mean, I'm just making them up right now. But A tie hooker, I think the odds kind of go up a little bit. <laughs> well, not much transmits between two women. And for dudes, it's really hard to catch HIV. I'm not going to test it, though. <laughs> I'd rather not test my luck just for to have the story of like, yeah, we hooked up with a tie hook. We had a threesome with a tie hooker. That's great an amazing story. story. That is a great story. I will not digress. That is true. That is a fucking amazing story. But uh, think of it on your next album, the threesome oh, yeah. with the tie hooker. I would love just to reference that. Maybe just a sample. Just think how sex think how awesome your kid would think you are when they grow up. Like, you know, <laughs> mom and dad hooked up with a tie hooker. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, dad, why am I covered in these red spots? I don't know. Life, kid. Life, life. happens. Shit happens. Thailand. Next question. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Come on. Could you ever imagine your parents being crazy fucking people going to Thailand, hooking up with hookers? And no, not at all. My parents were pretty prudish. Well, so you know. think? I, I'm, I'm pretty certain. I'm pretty certain. I think my parents were, uh, were probably like young and dumb for the most part, but not, not incredibly stupid. I don't know. Maybe it skipped the generation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I got to ask them. I'm not sure they would actually fess up, though. Yeah, I... Why I wouldn't fess up to my kids. Why not? I, no, I would. I, I digress. I would fess up to my kids. If someone had me a question, and like a little kid came up and like, hey, tell me about your stories. And, oh, shit. Pull up a chair. I wouldn't hold back. Why would you? Yeah. Why, why would you want to raise a child and make them think that you're fucking a saint, that you didn't fucking live life, that you didn't smoke some weed, you didn't get drunk a couple yeah. times, you didn't make a couple mistakes? Yeah. I may or may not have fucked a tie hooker, whatever, right? <laughs> exactly. I, I, wouldn't, I would not hold back. I feel like that shit, that's life. 
Right. And my duty as a parent is to fucking share life. This is what my experiences are. Take them for what you will, you know. Learn from them or repeat them. Right. What you want. <laughs> learn from them. Learn from my mistakes. I paid too much for a tie hooker. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you some advice, son. If they say 20, you can at least get them for 10. <laughs> at least. Yeah. Probably. Well, and the thing about it is prostitution is the world's oldest profession for a reason. Yeah. I mean, it's easy, easy for sale, right? I mean, uh, it's hard work for them. It's hard. Yeah. Definitely hard work. But I mean, it's like, well... I'm standing here. I have nothing of value to provide and sell. Oh, wait, I have a vagina. Men are stupid. They'll totally pay for that. Obviously, that's a value. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, if, if they're if they're standing there with like, you know, nothing of value. And then they realize, oh, I have yeah. a vagina. That's a value. They'll definitely pay top dollar for that. They will. Especially for this mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that's bonus. That's extra. <laughs> I couldn't imagine having kids. I don't actually want to ever have children because I... I don't know what values I'd want to instill in them. Okay. Like as a soon-to-be father, what what values do you want to instill in your kids? Um, probably everything I didn't have. You know, people like parents they say, "I want you to have the things I didn't have." They pre- they usually mean like like fucking things, right? Uh, I, I want them to have the things I didn't have in the sense of like confidence. I want to if I if I have a son, we don't know what sex it is. If I have a son, this is how you approach a woman. This is how you're going to strike out. This is how you're going to take a loss. These, these are the, the things that I wasn't really taught. I mean, I wasn't really brought up with like, hey, here's how you throw a punch. Hey, this is how you take a punch. You know, the, the, the old school shit that I kind of just learned on my own just from being bullied and you know, so on and so forth. Um, those are the things I would want to instill. Same thing with, with if I have a daughter, you know, don't take no shit. It's okay to hit a guy. I know it's a horrible question. Do you have a preference? Um, I do. I do, and it's not it's not for horrible reasoning. It's not selfish. Um, my family and her family were just totally outnumbered with women. So needless to say, we're both hoping for a boy because we just want to even out the world a little bit because we're fucking outnumbered. <laughs> we're way outnumbered. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I just, I, I wouldn't know what to instill in a kid because there's ways I live my life, but I've also seen other people much more successful in some aspects doing things I don't do. Like I have friends that no matter what, when they leave the house, they look the best they possibly can. Uh-huh. And I see value in that pretty people just get shit handed to them to an extent. Yeah. Yeah. To an extent. That's not something that is necessarily right to instill in a kid. It's a helpful tip. Yeah. No it, one ever gave me that tip. Yeah, exactly. Same thing with me. Like I'm, I'm totally fine. T-shirt and jeans. For life. Right? <laughs> exactly. That's just how it goes. I mean, they're nice t-shirt and jeans, but I, I don't feel a necessity to go out and buy the nicest threads and whatnot. I just, eh, whatever. My personality's dope. It'll, it'll shine. I don't shave half the time. I mean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, as long as I'm a nice person, I should be all right. Well, and that's the thing. Like, at least in our generation, I feel like that's the kind of shit our parents instilled in us. Like, work hard, be nice, you'll be successful. Yep. Those are not necessarily the successful people. No, not at all. And the same reason why, you know, you have artists that are super dope, but not successful. Maybe they didn't dress nicely. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh no, be the most attractive person you possibly can. People will just want to hand you shit. 
I mean, I've definitely had it happen where like I've been at a bar with better looking friends than me and I've had women literally reach over me to introduce themselves to my friends. Oh, nice. I have no problem in that situation being a dick and like licking their arm or something. Uh, I'm not going to quite take it that far, I'd, but I will I'd do it. Fuck you. I'll just interject myself. And be like, <laughs> Yo, I'm Matt. Or like, excuse me. <laughs> But I'm not hating on my friend for putting putting more effort into the game than I did. Okay. But that's just not something that was instilled in me at youth. It was like, oh, no, no. People just hand pretty people shit. Yeah. To to an extent, it kind of just goes down that way. I should probably start dressing nicer. Yeah, we both should. Nah, I'm married. I'm good. She she ain't going going nowhere. I got no one to impress. (laughs) I don't know. I've never been married. Not successfully. That might be one of the fallacies is just one getting comfortable. That's... (laughs) Got <laughs> that, that one time in Vegas, it got crazy. <laughs> uh, go back to back episodes. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Good times. Yeah, yeah. She left me at the altar via text. Nice, man. Via text. Just waiting, literally at the altar and you get it like your bug? No, I was still in my room, but. Damn, by text. It's not like we were dating. We got drunk. It was a thing. Oh, okay. Then, yeah. yeah fuck it. Oh, Vegas. no. It was just a made for hilarious social Vegas. media. Yeah. Yeah. Shit happens. Oh, exactly. Exactly. But I fucking love Vegas. I'm performing soon. I'm so fucking... I've been trying to book a Vegas show for so fucking long, and I fucking finally did it. Where are you playing in Vegas? Uh, this place called Ninja Karaoke. Uh, apparently, it's one of the uh, more up-and-coming local spots. So, I mean, I've done some, I've, I've done some pretty dope shows. Um, I've opened um, a couple of music festivals with big names on it, like Redman, uh, Fat Joe. Uh, that was Solstice in 2011. That was cool. Um, I opened for Asher Roth in 2016, maybe. Sure. And then I, I just recently uh, achieved one of my lifelong dreams and I opened for uh, Lupe Fiasco. Huge, Im- huge impression for me. Um, so I've done pretty well for myself, but for the most part, I'm, I'm pretty like your local rapper. So um, I, I take shows when I can, when they're beneficial. I'm not going to just perform at any fucking whack ass spot just for the sake of performing. But um, uh, yeah. So I've been I've been trying to book shows outside of Los Angeles because that's where it's at, man. You got to go outside of your comfort bubble. And I've been trying to book Vegas for so long, and I finally did it. So uh, Sunday, October seventeenth, fourteenth. Sunday, October fourteenth. Yep. Um, I'm opening for the homie uh, Noah James at Ninja Karaoke in Las Vegas. Very cool. Super stoked for that. Silly question: When you book, do you try to book yourself or is someone else booking you? Oh, I always book a DIY. DIY till I die. That's how I booked this show. <laughs> it is. It one hundred percent came together. Of, you know, I, I, re- I reached out, and you know, I, I look for for different outlets and platforms, and say, hey, um, I think that your platform would be super dope for what it is. Um, I think I would fit well, and my personality, like I don't give a fuck. I just talk out of my ass most of the time, and I felt like that was a this is a good show to kind of have that conversation. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. So so I reached out, I'm like, hey man, like. This is my, I'm imagining, I just reached an album. I'm looking for different platforms to come and fucking promote who I am and my new album and what's up. And you were like, eh, you don't suck that much. You're cool. <laughs> <laughs> I may have booked this while on a toilet in Columbia. There you go. Down. I don't give a fuck. I booked it. <laughs> right? DIY. I mean, that's really what it is. When you find out where you fit in, um, what markets you, you, you want to break through in and uh, just fucking ask you never know until you ask i mean damn right approach john favreau i was like hey john can i fucking talk to you worst thing he was gonna say is no go fuck yourself i'm going home exactly but i found one in my time in music it was crazy how many venues if the band tried to book themselves wouldn't take them 
But someone else calling for them, even being a label no one's heard of, just being like, yeah, you're on a label, we'll book you. Interesting. Well, I, so going back to myself as well, in 2010, I started my own entertainment label called Stars and Street Lamps, um, which I've been producing all my stuff under. So I have myself, my own moniker, Imagine. Um, I produce under that label, Stars and Street Lamps. Um, I, also, I also have a podcast with me and my, my friend Motion called The Social Nuisance Podcast, where we talk about current events, philosophy, and all that good shit. Um, that's under the Stars and Street Lamps label. Um, and then uh, my travel vlog with me and my wife. So we have a YouTube vlog where we just fucking... So you want to watch the, the Thailand adventures? There's no actual footage of the fucking ping pong show. Yeah, you get demonetized and kicked off YouTube real quick with that yeah, shit. Yeah, but you get to see us playing with elephants. Hey! <laughs> so the trip to Costa Rica and Iceland and you know everywhere else that we go traveling, we, we take the GoPro and we have a vlog. And Audacious Adventures is on YouTube and that's under the Stars and Street Last label as well. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah, you're killing it. Fuck. DIY, man. If you want to fucking do something like John Favreau said, why wait? Just fucking do it. Damn fucking right. So here, here it is. I'm a fucking rapper. I'm a podcaster. I'm a travel vlogger. Just fucking do it. Label head, I guess you could say. Fuck, why not? Sure. Dude, I feel like I'm not doing enough in my life right now. Shit. I just fucking love working. I'm a workaholic for sure, man. I'm always working. It's, it's, it's my hobby. I fucking love work. I love the taste of success. Like when you hit me back up and you're like, yeah, we'll book you for the show. You free this particular day. I was like, fuck yeah, that's a win, man. Like, I presented myself in a manner where he was like, who the fuck is this guy? Okay, he, he, he seems pretty legit. Yeah, that's a win. Like, I did good. Same I, thing with like all the other shows I booked, the Las Vegas show, the fucking Portland show. Um, trying to go back on tour. I had to cancel my, my Northwest uh, leg this, this past summer. That was fucked up. What happened? Uh, work, man. This, this, this time, the 9 to 5 won. Normally, it's kind of like I got the vacation time, but the, the stars aligned in a particular way. I was like, fuck, I just can't do it. Postponed, not defeated, just simply postponed. So I'll be back out there, no problem. So is the wife cool with you out being on tour life and her with the kid? Um, for, for the most part, as of right now, the dynamic is super supportive. She's definitely my number one fan. She supports me in everything that I do, and she's super patient. And like right now, she's at home probably cooking dinner. And I'm here doing this show. Like she was going to come, but she just wasn't going to make it on time. So I was like, okay, I'm going by myself. But for the most part, I mean, she's super down with it. She understands the level of dedication. She knows how serious I am. And it, it, it means the world, man. It, it, Cause this is what I love doing. I love sharing my message. I love sharing my music. I love performing. And if I didn't have a relationship that supported that, We'd have a problem for sure. Because I, I mean, what? Fuck it. I've been in a relationship that didn't support it, and it was bullshit. <laughs> I've watched it with a lot of musician friends where it's just like all of a sudden, like they're supportive, they're supportive, they're supportive. Oh, I got to be gone for two, three weeks, a month. Like all of a sudden, it changes. Yeah. 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 And I've, I've had that, and it didn't work out at all, man. Because they're like, I think they were they're like, oh, wow, you're a rapper. That's cool. Oh, wow. Like, that's cute. You have an album, you're performing. Oh, that's cute. And then once they see like, oh shit, like this requires a lot of time and effort and energy and money. And then they're like, uh, are you really serious about it? And at that point it's like, do you not know who I am? Like, this is, this is me. This is what I fucking do. This is my life purpose, man, is to fucking create. And if you can't be on with that, then you got to go. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I could never be with a woman who's like, uh, come out with me and I cancel your show. I'm like, no. 
Yeah, I just can't. I mean, I'll make time for you. I'll definitely let's let's put it into the planner. Like, yo, let's Friday night done. Like this upcoming uh fuck October thirteenth. My wife's got a surprise for me. I don't fucking know what it is, but she was like, nope, that day you're mine. Done, booked. I'm like, okay, but it's booked. It's not like you had a show booked that exactly. night. Exactly. I didn't cancel anything. For right. It. She knows how this goes, and she fucking she booked me. So I'm like, okay. Dope. That's fucking awesome. Yeah, that awesome. is a goddamn rarity. Yeah, because I've watched so many relationships fall apart on people being like, "Oh, it's all well and good till you got to do musician shit." Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh yeah, book a tour. Yeah, great. Yeah, uh, let me ask my wife first. Like, yeah. Oh man, <laughs> it doesn't work that way. I love your talent. Yeah. Do you understand? In addition to my talent, I got to go perform for people. Yeah, it's work. It's a fun job. Like, this is fun. This is great. Having a podcast and just fucking a good conversation that we get to share with the world. But it's still work. I mean, it requires time, effort, and energy to fucking be here. Exactly. promote it afterwards, for sure. Promote it afterwards. This will be probably about two, three hours of me editing it afterwards. Dope. It requires effort, man. Exactly. Yeah, I lose sleep over fucking editing, editing. shit. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I've fucking been there, man. I know what's up. <laughs> there's plenty of times where like, oh shit, I got the episode's got to be out. Real life got in the way of me getting editing done. I was editing up until an hour before you got here. Nice. Yeah, I remember it just means like four in the morning. Like fuck. <laughs> yep. I finished tomorrow's episode when I had my cigar, and here we are. And it feels good, right? You fucking did work. Exactly. And the worst yeah. part about it is I'm not super happy with the edit, so I may go back once we get off air and go back and do it again. Yeah, I totally understand. Being it, The curse of being a perfectionist, no doubt. Well, in just a, such a saturated market, you gotta... You gotta be good. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. On the liftoff, go to track 10. That's the Dave Grohl one. And he I listened like, to it while I was outside. Oh, dude. He was just like, you gotta be badass. You just gotta be good at what you do. You can be great, you can be talented, but you just fucking gotta be good. You gotta come correct in this this market. If it's DIY, that means everybody could do it. That means you gotta be better. Damn right. And what I love, I've said this a hundred fucking times, what I love about the podcast medium is it is the last Wild West fucking medium. How so? There's no, there's such a low barrier of entry and there's not censors like there are on YouTube. Okay, true, true. Or... Any other radio or anything like that. I can say, we can say whatever the fuck we want. We can talk about ping pongs coming out of pussies, bouncing off your fucking <laughs> All day, head. All day, every day. All day, every day, <laughs> ping pongs out of pussies. And we can say that shit, and no one's going to be like, sorry, you've been demonetized because we're talking about ping pongs out of pussies. That's true. Yeah. Even music, if you want commercial radio airplay. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, podcasts would be that medium. I can't think of anything else I could fit that bill. Nope. YouTube will be like, you said fuck? No money. Too many times. That's one too many fucks. You're only allotted four and you went to six. No money. No money. <laughs> Tide wants no part of your fucks. I know. <laughs> Fucking Tide. Switching to gain. <laughs> Motherfuckers. Where my friends who goes tequila is like, get weird, dude. Just do you. Just do you. Get weird. We support hey, shout you. shout out Ghost Tequila because... We're, we're talking great things before we got on, and I was like, fuck, I wanted to sample some. So, I'm gonna, are they in stores? Yes. Like like BevMo and shit? They are indeed. I'm going to find it. If not, go to www.ghosttequila.com. Order a bottle. Ghosttequila.com. I'm going with it. The ads will be at the beginning. I'll stop. I fucking love tequila. Hey, this is no like product placement shit. This is real shit. I love tequila. And if you're talking greatly about it, then I'm fucking in. 
It is a very fucking smooth, like, like 100% agave blanco, and it's mm. sick. I love a good tequila. Someone just gave me some shit about two ad reads to go for it. Apparently, I was a little drunk on the ad read. Because eh. you were drinking ghost tequila, so what the fuck? <laughs> I wish I was. I, not, I, I'm not about to lie to my audience. What happened was the episode right before I left for Columbia, I got dragged out to a bar by some you know females. Nice. And I was supposed to pack, do my ad reads, upload everything before the trip, get some rest, go to the airport. She's like, come out to the bar. I'm like, okay. You can't say no. Right. Especially if they're amazing Los Angeles 10 females, right? Exactly. Yeah. If they're, if they're fucking number 10, they're up there. So Can't say no. Close the fucking bar. Stumble home. Yeah. I'm like, oh, fuck. I haven't done the ad read. Oh. Drunk <laughs> you right. Drunkenly stumble through the ad route, throw my shit in a suitcase for Columbia. Nice. I had like a 7 a.m. flight on that Friday. Yeah. Like, oh, God. Super fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> like, had a Bailey's and coffee at the airport, got on the plane, oh. then just started really drinking. Fucking coffee. I love coffee. Dude. That's the one thing I should have brought back from fucking Columbia. I didn't bring back any fucking coffee. Oh, uh, they went to Costa Rica. Um, my coworker, she suggested this coffee that she had while she was working down there. Um, and I brought back some. Fucking the greatest coffee I've ever had in my life. So good. I'll let you know. No free data placement. Fuck y'all. Nope. No. <laughs> pay me. <laughs> Fuck you. Pay me because it's that fucking good. I'll, I'll sing that shit to the top of my lungs, but you got to pay me first. I shit you not. It's the greatest coffee I've ever had. Nice. Yeah. Though, one thing about fucking Columbia that is fucking rad. Yeah. Juan Valdez Cafe is a thing there. It's like really? it's like their Starbucks. Nice. When I first looked at it, I'm like, I'm going to the Juan Valdez Cafe. This is going to be awesome. Then I found out it's just a chain. It's just like the McDonald's of coffee down there. Right. <laughs> but you can make it Irish. Oh. Like, just they're like, oh, you know, 5,000 5, pesos more. Irish whiskey? They'll, they'll pour Irish whiskey into it. I'm like, nice. why does Starbucks not do this? Oh, dude. It, it man, Irish coffee is so fucking good, man. Uh, I went to this bar in San Francisco. It was an Irish bar, and they served like legit Irish coffee. It was it was Jameson, their house coffee, but their sugar was sugar cubes. It was legit. Oh, Dude, that sounds good. It was so fucking good, man. Easy, one of the greatest coffees I've ever had, San Francisco. Again, no free ad placement. Fuck y'all. <laughs> if you know, you know. Um, I, I'm okay with supporting like local bars and shit. Like, if you had a good time at a bar, oh, talk need, about them. They don't need our help. They'll be all, all right. right. Fine, fine. <laughs> they'll be all right. But yeah, even like just fucking adding like a good like Bailey's or some shit to like coffee. That's good. hits the fucking spot. That's Christmas right there, bro. <laughs> I've done I've done that every morning for the past few years with my wife. Well, now my wife. Yeah, we do Christmas morning. We have the coffee. The family has coffee. But between me and her, we have like those little like chiquito bottles. We just like kind of stash it in our pocket and like slide it in. Oh, this is going to be a Christmas where she can't. That's no, bu- that's such a bummer. I want, want more for me. Right? <laughs> I guess I'm having a double. Yup. Yeah. Yeah. She, she hates the fact that she can't drink. She can't drink. She can't have sushi. She can't have coffee. Yeah. Sucks. How is she not suicidal? Uh, she's been close. <laughs> she fucking loves sushi. So she's fucking been close, but man, we, we tried a, a supplement so she can't have like raw fish, which is what sushi is. So we do like the, the cooked sushi. 
So you kind of bake it, right? You bake it, and it's like, uh, fuck that. Yeah, she was not impressed <laughs> at all. She was like, it was cool because it was like playing with my mind while I was eating what appeared to be sushi with chopsticks. But then once I realized it wasn't sushi, then I was sad again. <laughs> I don't even do tempura rolls. I love baked sushi. I'm nope. not a big sushi fan anyways. Oh, she is. you got to go. Sorry. I know. Show's over. I know. But man, like she's all about it. I can do a little bit of it, but she's put that shit away. But after a while, I'm like, ah, I need maybe that shit cooked. <laughs> so I hate cooked fish. Really? Wow. I'm not into cooked fish at all, but I will eat sushi all fucking day. And the fucked up part about it is up until five years ago, I wouldn't touch the shit. Really? What, what changed? Did it with the girl. Oh, I was on always York. a woman. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> I was in New York. And a friend of mine who's a bartender there is like, I want to go out to dinner. I'm like, I'll go with you. I'm just in town for the weekend. Let's go grab some dinner. We go to some place in Brooklyn where her buddy was waiting on us. That dude robbed the restaurant for us. Nice. Seriously, somehow a sushi starter, two other starters, a $120 steak and lobster dinner, three bottles of wine, and like every dessert on the menu came out to just the cost of the steak and lobster. Oh, you and, bastard. And he's like, can I cork that bottle for you on the third bottle that we couldn't finish? I'm like, yeah. I realized when I got it back to my hotel, he put a new bottle in the bag. Oh, my man. Like, he hooked it up. That's a good friend. He absolutely just <laughs> robbed that place blind for it's us. Like, oh, you're just here for the weekend? Psh, I got you, bro. Well, That's it was her so friend, too. That was the best part. Like, oh, man. I'm just like, yeah, man, I will tip the fuck out of you. Yeah, for, for real. We got out to dinner, and she's like, oh, let's order some sushi. So I'm like, eh. She's like, are you, are you a bitch? <laughs> How about you shut the fuck up and eat this? <laughs> Big bad metalhead a little afraid of raw fish? That's like, funny. Like, oh, you're cute, girl. I'll do it. And then I <laughs> ate that sashimi. I'm like, holy fuck, what have I been missing out on? Just fucking unicorns and rainbows like, and glitter. You're like, oh, Fuck fireworks, <laughs> girl! You changed my life in the ways that, like the person I lost my virginity to didn't. <laughs> Sushi changed my life, like not losing my virginity. That's funny. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I've definitely had more sushi than sex with the person I lost my virginity to. So that that, that shows <laughs> that's how good the sushi was. Damn right, I went back for that. <laughs> went back for that. Did not go back for the person I first fucked. Yeah. Speaking of which, nothing makes me feel older than the fact that the first. At least two of the first three people I had sex with either are pregnant or have kids already. I mean, well, I mean, people. I know we're of age. It's, yeah, it's, they live different lives, but I mean, it's definitely aging. I, I, I had a relations with a particular girl from high school, and now she's on her second kid. I'm just like, fuck, weird, man. Like, okay. <laughs> I haven't spoken to the person I lost my virginity to since probably the summer I lost my virginity to her. The second person I had sex with has had a kid for like a couple of years now. Like she's a single mom. Yeah. And the third person I ever had sex with is pregnant now. So I like Facebook stalked the person I lost my virginity to. I'm like, she got kids? Like, yeah, I'm just, just, I'm just curious. curious. <laughs> I'm just curious. Like, am I just living a completely different life than all these people? Yeah. And that's fucking cool though. I mean, dude, on the real, like I saw that you, your, your apartment was out here in Hollywood. I was like, dude. Fuck yeah, man. I ain't mad at that at all, dude. Like, life is good, dude. Life is good. You got a podcast, you know, a lot of beautiful peoples, good apartment, good. Just oh, I'm not. Columbia. I'm not hating on my life in any way, shape, or form. It's just like, it's weird to see where 
people that I had a lot in common with 20 years ago. Nothing in common now, yeah. Shit. If I had knocked up the pers- first person I had sex with, wow, that kid would be 21. 21. Damn. 21 at this point. What a realization, dude. I know, that that so trips re- me out, dude. Super <laughs> fucked up. Well, and the girl who's now pregnant and the third person I ever had sex with, because we're young and stupid, we were talking about like what our kids would look like while we were, you know. Yeah, fucking around shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, she's pregnant now. It's like, oh, that's so weird. Yeah. That's a trip, man. Yeah, I can only, ah, fuck, if I even, that's some shit. <laughs> I couldn't squeeze your virginity story out of you, could I? Uh, yeah, it was it was actually with um, my first love, who's referenced quite a bit on, on the, both albums. Um, and it was funny. The, the first time, I wasn't aware of what sex was. I just didn't know. So like, I, I didn't know what sex was. Don't get me wrong. But as far as like the experience of what to expect or anticipate, not familiar with that at all. I don't feel like anyone really does. Like Sex ed is like, this is what the physical act is, but it doesn't really... It doesn't prepare you at all for when it actually happens. Right, or the sensation or everything involved. It's just like, oh, okay, this is very different than the man's penis goes in the woman's vagina. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting for, for it to be as uncomfortable as it was, man. I was just kind of like, what the fuck is going on? Was it her first time too? No, no. She was, she was already... Uh, Seasoned? Virginity. See, yeah. <laughs> Choose my words carefully. I, 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 still, I still have a lot of respect for her, so... Um, hey, there's nothing wrong with being seasoned. There's nothing wrong with getting around. The act of, sure. But the word description can be a little bit scarring if not used the right words. You know what? I think every fucking woman should be able to get hers. No oh, fucking yeah. shame. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I hate the, 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 the double-edged sword on that, on how it goes fucking both Well, that, That's fucking just horrible. stupid human tradition on... Yeah, in biblical fucking times, if a woman had a lot of partners, she might be a disease carrier and fucking kill you. It's 2018. Yeah, she's and fine. It, it, she's fine. <laughs> get your fucking rocks yeah, off. Yeah, just get it in, man. I'm not fucking mad at all. Right. Ladies, get it in. Yeah. Um, but, but at the time, I was just not familiar at all. I was just super uncomfortable. Um, like, what do I do with my hands? Like, <laughs> it's like very, very much like, what the fuck am I doing? Um, but luckily... I had opportunities to lose my virginity prior to that. Um, and I, to me, that act has always been pretty special in that sense. So I wanted my first person to be someone I actually cared about. And luckily, it was. So when it all went down, I was just kind of like, oh, man, I want to make a good impression. I want to do good. Am I doing okay? <laughs> well, unless you're, a piece of, unless you're a piece of shit, you always want to knock it out of the park. Uh, yeah. I mean, well, No. No, because, because as I'm thinking about right now, friends with benefits, if you guys have a mutual understanding of like, okay, you're just going to use my pussy just to get it in, feel better about yourself and get out. That's cool. Well, if it's a state agreement, sure. I'll yeah. give you that. But even then I still want to like, you know, I want my partner to fucking get off. That's true. That's true. I, I want them to feel good as well. I mean, I've definitely had some drunk sex where I essentially masturbated inside someone. <laughs> That's a great description. <laughs> I've never heard of that before. That's funny. But all I'm doing is masturbating inside you. You're just here. I mean, that's essentially <laughs> what happened. I don't feel great about it, but it happened. Yeah. If I could, tr- a one night stand. I had. I, I had a one night stand once. I did a one night stand one time, um, just to say I did it, and it was fucking horrible. I do not ever want to do that ever again. The chemistry was not there. I didn't really 
care about this person. I mean, she was physically appealing to an extent, sure. Um, but like, there's some type of chemistry that's involved for good lovemaking, or at least good sex, or at least good fucking, where you are on the same page in some shape, form, or fashion. I mean, this girl just had none of it, man. We were just flopping fish next to each other. It was horrible. It happens. <laughs> it happens. Sometimes even with people you have good chemistry with, it takes multiple times to like oh, yeah. learn each other's rhythm and figure out you're into this, I'm into this. Like I've had girls try to choke me, and I am totally not into that. Yeah. I had a girl bite me. Like She was into biting. I was like, nah, man. Like Some guys are okay with the, the pain. Nah. Like, it hurts. <laughs> I have to stop and like think about, wow, this really hurts right now. And my, my boner just goes, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I am not into receiving pain. I'll dish some out. If you're into that, I'll dish it out. Yeah, but- yeah. I can help you out if you're into that. I'll explore what I can provide to you. But I already know what I like and don't like, and that's it's on the list. Yeah, I don't want to be checking if I still have a nipple. Yeah, yeah. Don't fucking bite my fucking tit off. Like it, I need that. It I mean, I don't really need it, but, I, it, but cosmetically. It, it, it balances me out when I'm on the beach. Right. I need symmetry here. I, <laughs> exactly. Can't be like eye patch in one nipple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the worst fucking pirate ever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I feel like I, I want to do a good job. Um, but if, if I'm not, and it's like, okay, let me know so I can course correct. <laughs> yeah. Ladies, be honest about that. You're not going to hurt my feelings if I am not doing something that you're not into. Yeah. If I'm just flopping a fish inside of you, then you're, let me know. Cause that's not what I want to go to. But on the flip side, you don't get butthurt if I'm like, Hey, this would feel better if. Yeah, totally. It's got to go both ways. I and mean, that, that's what makes good sex is good communication on both sides. Just like, yo, this is working for me. This is not working for me. Hey, how about you put your thumb here? Like, you know, just let me know what the fuck you want to do. Exactly. Tell me what it is that you're into. I'll say like, hey, I'm okay to explore that. You're like, hey, can we two girls, one cup on me real quick? I'm like, mm, probably not. That's outside my <laughs> comfort level. Exactly. I'm like, we're probably going to draw the line. I'm out. But anything beyond that, I'll consider it. And be like, okay, well, this is what you're into. I care about you. Uh, I'll think about it. <laughs> Even if I don't really care about you, we're here tonight. Yeah. I want to perform well. Right. I don't want you to go home, write in your blog, go on YouTube, be like, that limp dick motherfucker. <laughs> I met this one guy in Hollywood and he was fucking awful. It's fucking awful. He has a fucking shower. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Don't at me. Please, if that was you, don't at me. <laughs> don't tag me, bro. <laughs> so back to your virginity story. You're All in right. love. Yeah. The, we were, the angels were in the air. The Cupid was. <laughs> no, no. It was. Um, it was. We were together by ourselves. We tried, well, actually, provide perspective on the story. We tried to have sex the first time. And because it was such an uncomfortable situation for me and the physicality of it, I was like, I'm not sure if this is working right. This feels odd. Someone feels like they're in pain. We're just going to stop. I mean, I think I like got the head in and that was it. We're done. And then we talked about it a little bit. I was like, this is, we got to retry this again. So when the opportunity presented itself, the discomfort was there again. But I was like, okay. Condom, no condom. No condom. Okay. So naturally, I was freaking the fuck out afterwards. Right. Because we are of that generation where health ed said, if you have unprotected sex, you're getting AIDS. Yeah. You're getting AIDS or you're getting pregnant. We're getting one of the two. Or both. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time. Um, so we, 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 we did it. It was fantastic. It was very memorable in that sense. And it was cool. But naturally, afterwards, I was like, Fuck, what if we're pregnant right now? Because <laughs> I'm just just a kid. Didn't know what the fuck was going on. I was like, oh no. <laughs> oh, and you're Hispanic, so like 
pregnancy just instantly happens, right? Oh yeah, totally. That's just how we roll, man. <laughs> like what? We have ten cousins. Cool. Let's start our clan. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> it's the old joke. You look at a Hispanic girl wrong, and she's pregnant. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. Hey, it's my wife's. <laughs> That's how my wife happened. Barely got married. Bam, pregnant. Probably happened in Thailand. No, it got happened when we actually. It's funny. So she um, has her her period tracker. She tracks all that. Um, so one of the cool features of the period tracker is you can take note uh, as to when lovemaking takes place. And um, we looked back. We did the math, and we're like, "Oh, it was this night that we conceived." Fantastic. The future's so fucking weird. Dude, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> we're like, "Oh man, I didn't know, but that night I totally impregnated you." Fantastic, ladies. Please stay on the period tracker. Let me know when I need to pull out. <laughs> I, I give myself a pat on the back. My, my pull-out game is hella strong. Mine's trash. Absolute trash. <laughs> hella strong. I got stay focused. Super focused. I like finishing inside people consensually. Consensually. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, no. Consensually. Actually. That's funny. It's true. Oh, man. So you and... Your first time you were in love, but it didn't end up working out. No, I mean, in in the end, uh, we had a really long relationship. Um, we were off and on for about a decade. Holy so, shit! Yeah, it was pretty intense. Love her to death, love her to pieces. Uh, her, she's doing well for herself. We don't talk anymore. Um, that's generally how it goes. It's generally how it goes when you get married. Yeah, you can't talk to your exes anymore. But that was the thing, you know. While I was dating my current wife, at the time girlfriend, I was still friends with my exes. Not because I was trying to fuck them, but because we were generally friends. Like we had, you know, good times and the laughter continued. The, they had their boyfriends. I had my girlfriend, but it was never weird. So it was like, okay, well, now we're just friends. We have history. Yeah, but I respect my current relationship. She respects her relationship. That's where it's going to stay. Um, but once we got married, I was like, okay, you know what? I can see the discomfort in this and uh, yeah. Did the wife ask you to, or did you just preemptively do it? I was on the track of preemptively doing it, but then it got to a point where she's like, you know what? I would just prefer this. I was like, you know what? You're right. We're done. Hey, good on your wife for telling you what her comfort level is. Exactly. Exactly. Because if, if not, then I would have told her, like, because hey, I did tell her, like, hey, if this ever gets weird for you, let me know so that way I can, you know, take care of it. And eventually she got to a point where, like, mm, you know what? We're about to be married, and that's just not a thing I want to do anymore. So, and it, it was never a problem. Like, I never cheated on on her with my ex-girlfriends at all so it was like fine but at that point it was something that she wasn't comfortable with so handled it no i that's awesome for honesty i'm i'm of two minds of it on on one hand it's like it's kind of weird for me to think about i'm a perpetual bachelor don't take my advice but on one hand it's also it's weird for me to be like oh my significant other's telling me who and who i can't talk to on the other hand it's really awesome that she was up front and being like I'm not comfortable with this. Yes. When she framed it that way. So I had an ex-girlfriend who was like, I don't want you talking to this other friend of yours because no, <laughs> she thought that we were having a fling and she just wasn't comfortable with it in that sense. But it was based on absolutely nothing. We had no history, no nothing, but she was like, no. Well, and if there's no trust in a relationship, you might as well be cheating. Yeah, exactly. So at that point, um, that was a huge fight for, for me and, and the girlfriend at the time. And uh, that's why it didn't work out. And you know, a plethora of reasons why it didn't work out. Um, but that was one of them. And she's like, 
wanted to say no, who I can and can't be friends with for whatever reason. But with with my current wife, it was a more mature conversation. And that's fucking awesome. Yeah, maturity is awesome. To an extent. Some some levels of maturity are awesome. Other times, I just fucking love a good Disney cartoon. So, I ain't even mad at that. Oh, Disney cartoons are really mature and really kind of racist if they're old. Oh, yeah. The 1941 <laughs> ones, no doubt. <laughs> like, oof. Yeah, dude. Cartoons back in the day were fucked up, man. Like, Tom and Jerry would never exist yeah. now. Mammy? Come on. The, yeah. Like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> now, society said it was cool at the time. That's so what it was at the time. People can't right, judge yes. things that happened generations ago under the same looking glass that they currently are because god for fuck's sake in the history of this young ass country if you insult me i slap you with a glove we go outside and duel society said that's cool yeah that was fine that was fine <laughs> if me and you went outside there and now i'm like we're gonna just fucking duel the police would be called yeah yeah <laughs> like wait what's going on here we're just dueling as gentlemen do right this is consensual <laughs> fuck we both got Glocks. It's cool. Yeah, we've cleared space. We made, and they still would not allow it. Exactly. You can't shine the light of today on the past and be like, that wasn't right. Well, that's what society was at the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it doesn't make it right for sure, but I mean, you can't, you can't say like everyone was fucked up. Like, well, they probably like 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 uh like you you know, the, the what's it the fucking stereotypical racist grandma. It's like, oh, Grandma, you're so racist. Like, well, she's partly racist, but she's also just kind of being who she is. And that's what it was at the time. It's just learning, learn from their mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we're in the wrong if we repeat those mistakes, but you can't be like, well, Grandma's just fucking wrong. I mean, yeah. Nana's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Grandma is a product of her time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And you just got to look at things in historical context. You can't just be like, no, this is how it's always been. Yeah. No, it has not always been 2018. Yeah. Fucking crazy. Dudes have not always been sliding into DMs with dick pics. Oh, man. Imagine if imagine if your grandma had that same thing. Imagine, like, women today having to explain sliding into your DMs to their grandchildren. <laughs> hey, you're going to have to explain to your that's kid in the funny, near future. Man. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. This is how I got your mom. Slid into your DM. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have to explain to... <laughs> like, that is something that today's parents are going to Tinder. It was great. This is something today's <laughs> parents are going to have to explain to their kids, like how to properly slide into a DM. That's crazy, right? This is how you create a successful dating profile. Wow. Right? Like, look at these angles. Yeah. D- damn, that's fucking crazy. Like, that's. This is why I don't want to be a parent because I don't know what to say. How, how do you lead that conversation? How do you have a successful dating profile on Match.com? <laughs> right? Like, don't Snapchat nudes. They're not really gone. Yeah. Man. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to having a kid. This is going to be fucking amazing. What a great conversation. Yeah. I'm not afraid of it at all. It's like people are like, oh, like what, you, know, you got to be quaint and tiptoe around the truth. Fuck, fuck that. that. Yeah, fuck that. This is, this is life, man. Saddle up, bitch. But it's such weird shit that like we've had to figure out on our own because there's no there's no blueprint for fucking Snapchat, Instagram, DMs, no, Facebook, any of that shit when we were coming up. No. And now you're going to have to try to impart that wisdom into your fucking kid. And then possi- awesome. possibly have your kid be like, fuck you, dad. You don't know shit. I'm sending dick pics anyways. Right. <laughs> I'm sending dick pics as they work. That's that's not the truth, man. I'm going to send this big, veiny motherfucker. <laughs> I want to know if- has there ever been a conversation? I think I had this on my on my podcast, Social Nuisance Podcast, um, where um, has there ever been a moment where a dick pic 
was sent successfully? I don't think so. Like, right? It's just like someone sent me an unsolicited dick pic, and I was like, hmm, that's actually kind of nice. Yeah, What's that's up, man. <laughs> that that's the part, the unsolicited part. Solicited dick pics definitely work. Really? Well, I mean, not personally. I won't. Not personally. Put, okay. Well, I'll, I won't put my dick on the internet. I will not put my dick on the internet. But I also am hesitant to send a, a female a dick pic. Like, oh, if you're sending it, it's on the internet. Okay, cool. But I mean, the penis is not attractive, man. Well, uh, I have said this a bunch of times on air. I don't understand women, what you get into us at all. Yeah. Like the male form. We're not attractive at all, man. Right? Yeah. I don't see it. I, I don't mean, see it at all. Yeah. Boobs, hips, ass, all fantastic. But from a male physique, males are just not attractive, man. We are not good specimens. No, not at all. <laughs> like, hey, I love that you love us. But I don't yeah, get yeah. it. Yeah, I just don't understand. But you know, I'm not going to ask questions while you, while you get on top. <laughs> so I'm not going to ask questions. Right. Like what I do for you, you probably couldn't qualify what I see in you either. Facts. Oh, and that's just how we're fucking wired. Yeah. Yeah. If, if a female asks me for a dick pic, I'm just like, uh, I'll send it. Sure. But uh, I don't understand. But, you know, if it makes you happy, sure. That's cool. Nope. Won't do it. Won't ever do it, huh? Nope. No ah, way. You've seen one dick. You've seen them all, right? My thought process is like, you want to see it? You can see it in person. Uh, oh, touche. Well done. Well done. I will happily drive. Actually, this is a fun <laughs> segue. What is the furthest you've ever like traveled for sex or oh, man. a potential hookup? Potential hookup. Furthest I've ever traveled. Uh, not far. Well, that's I mean, good. I mean, I never had that question. I really got to like ponder it. I've had I've had hookups where it's like okay I got to drive in the middle of the night I know where I'm going right now, so I'd say as as Angelinos do we measure things in time, so I probably drove maybe a half hour. Oh, that ain't shit. That ain't shit. Yeah, you drove never, further to get to this podcast. I did. <laughs> I'm not putting out by the way. Just FYI, not putting out. Well, fuck. Yeah, I mean, yeah, half hour. I mean, yeah, not very far because anyone I'm looking to hook up with. I don't want them to be far. Eh, there's there's some beauty in the far hookup. That makes sense. What's the furthest you traveled? Oh, plane ride. <laughs> well, okay. So was, the, was there a was it a fuck fly up not flyover layover was there a layover? <laughs> I mean, it wasn't explicitly for a hookup. It was like a technically a long distance relationship. I traveled from Chicago to DC for a girl. Okay, that's for a girl though. But I mean, are you talking like for a hookup or for a girl? So for a hookup, like hookup, a relationship. Well, what I thought was a relationship was not a relationship. Okay. It started, <laughs> in, in retrospect, it was definitely a hookup because she had a boyfriend. Oh. That she did not tell me about until that's we. quite the asterisk. <laughs> like, so we met at like a party when I was out visiting some friends in D.C. Yeah. And like it became a long distance thing. So I thought. I had a friend who worked for United at the time. He's like, yo, man, I'll hook you up. I'll buddy pass you. You want to fly out to D.C. this year? I'm like, fuck yeah. I'm in. I'm in. So went out to DC to see her. And the first trip, like we'd never left the hotel. Yeah. We just hung out in the hotel like for like the whole weekend I was there. Nice. It's good times. Flew back to Chicago. Things were good. Things were good. Things were good. Fly out to DC again. You know, get a different hotel. We, you know, one thing's leading to another. She's like, she puts the brakes on, like, hey, I got to tell you something. <laughs> oh, by like, the way. I'm like, what the f- <laughs> 
and like in my mind, like this is my long distance girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. She's like, I have a boyfriend. I'll go if you want me to. I'm like, my dick's hard. No, yeah, I don't want you to go. You get on this right now. I'm 18. Like my dick's hard. Yeah. Priorities. Priorities. <laughs> we have a very nice weekend, and you know, we went about our separate ways for quite some time. So what I didn't really think was a hookup, essentially was a hookup. Yeah, yeah. Uh for st- like just. Flat like out. Your, your intent, like, I'm going, I'm traveling right now just so I can go have sex. Because they called. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I've ever told this one on air. I was a g- summer going into senior year of high school. Yep. I was a scandalous motherfucker in high school, by the way. I'll just nice. preface this with that. An acquaintance of mine's girlfriend and I had been talking. Nice. She had just become a freshman at... Uh, University of Illinois Champaign-Urbana, which is about 150 miles south of Chicago. That's quite the distance. And I'm like, yo, I can roll down for the weekend. My guy is dating a girl that down there. We're both going to hop the train down. My buddy paid for my ticket because I was a broke piece of shit. Nice. Because he had never been on a train and was afraid to be on a train by himself. Uh, okay. <laughs> That's the first. Sure. Sure. I will take the free, I'll take the free train ticket. I roll down there. I meet up with her. We're fucking around in the quad. It's always in the quad. It's always in the quad. <laughs> and we go back to her room and her roommate. Like, And this is like the first weekend of like freshman year for her. Nice. Welcome to college. Welcome to college. Her roommate's like, he can't stay here. Why not? I don't know. That's horrible. No reasoning. I'm like, uh, I'm 17 and I have no place to fucking go. I end up sleeping in her closet. Hey, we've all been in a closet, man. We've all if you if you've done life right as a man, you've ended up in a girl's closet. <laughs> so I'm sleeping in her dorm room closet and I have no watch. This is pre-cell phone age. Like I have no yeah, way to yeah, judge yeah, time. Yeah. I wake up a couple times, I'm like, I, I snore horribly. I don't know how they fucking didn't hear me. Wow. And at one point, like I hear stirring, I'm like, if I don't fucking like get let out of this closet soon, I'm just gonna walk out. Like whatever. Just fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> Eventually, she opens the door and like, my roommate's in the shower. She's going to go to class soon. I'm like, all right, cool. A little more time in the closet. She eventually lets me out. You know. Yeah, she let me out of the closet. She let me out of the closet. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we mess around a little bit. She goes to class. She's like, you can crash in my bed now. I crash out. and <laughs> Somewhere comfortable. <laughs> somewhere a little more comfortable than sitting upright in a fucking closet that was so, so small that I couldn't even lay down. Damn. And to give you an idea, my hair at that time was down in the middle of my back. Nice. Full-on scumbag metalhead. Full-on metalhead. Yeah, yeah. full-on scumbag metalhead. I'm having the most vivid dream that I'm back in Chicago and I got to get down there to see this girl. Yeah. Her roommate comes in and disturbs me. I sit upright, look around. I don't know where the fuck I am. (laughs) And I audibly like, "Uh, where the fuck am I? Her roommate, who's like wannabe sorority girl, is like, <gasps> uh, busted. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, uh. I'm like, she's in class, and I just went back to sleep. Nice. She came back, fucked around some more. Then her boyfriend, who was an acquaintance of mine, surprised her and came down. Oh, no. And then thanked me for showing her around, and like hanging out with her and like making her feel comfortable. Oh, that's kind of fucked up. I'm such a piece of shit. That's kind of fucked up. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Neil said they broke up. She's a lawyer now. I could, I should have kept that going. Yeah, yeah. She's a lawyer. I'm, 
rocking out. <laughs> She's a lawyer. I'm a piece of shit podcaster. <laughs> uh, We're both doing well. <laughs> We're doing awesome. But yeah, that would probably be the furthest I went for just like, yeah, I'm going to try to get some ass. Nice. That's, that's, that's quite a distance. You definitely went on that one. Yeah. And yeah, then most definitely <laughs> the next time I had to crash in my cousin's dorm room who was also down there and then took the train back to Chicago. <laughs> Damn. I, I, that's a hell of a story, man. It's just absolute shit show. Just fucking piece of shit. Thinking with my dick. Okay. My closet story wasn't so much being in the closet. Um, me and my best friend who's still my best friend at this time. I've known my best friend since first grade. Um, I was seeing this girl. He was trying to see her cousin. Uh, we got invited over to the cousin's apartment. We're all hanging out. This girl wanted me to sleep with her. I was not going to do it because I didn't love her yet. So anyways, we're just fucking hanging her out. And all of a sudden, we hear uh, the cousin's dad come home. The dad. Oh, no. Walked through the front door while we were in her room. So we were like, oh, shit. So they both bolted out of the room went to the living room to go talk and distract the dad. And it was uh, my girlfriend, the cousin, and then the cousin's little sister. The little sister was playing like director, like, okay, he's in this room. You got to come here. You got to come here. So she was like, okay, you guys go to this room. So literally looking at the floor plan, he's in the living room. We're in the bedroom. He goes into his bedroom. She pulls us out of her bedroom into the living room onto the back balcony. We're on the second floor. And we're like, oh, fuck. And they put the blinds up so you can't really see outside. So we're on this balcony. He comes out of his room and he's now in the living room in the kitchen, still talking to them. And we're just like, oh, shit. Like, we're looking around like, how the fuck do we just jump? Like, no, it's too fucking high. We can't do that. So we look at this garden hose that's fucking just wrapped up next to there. And we're like, let's fucking unravel it and throw it over. So we fucking throw the garden hose over like we're going to fucking like Rapunzel our way down. And before we can literally try to climb down this garden hose, which was also a fucking horrible idea, instead of actually doing that, as we're about to jump over the rail to climb down this garden hose, um, the, the little sister opens the door like, okay, you got to come out. You got to go. Like, oh, shit. Okay. So we scram over into the kitchen. He's in the living room, literally fucking on the other side of the wall. Like, oh, shit. Like completely quiet. And they distract him to go back into the room again. And as soon as he goes into the room, the little sister pulls us out of the kitchen and out the front door and we fucking bolt. It was the craziest moment of our lives, man. It was so fucking cool, man. Awesome. That's fucking, <laughs> oh, that's nuts. It was, we almost climbed down a second story balcony on a garden hose to avoid a girl's father. <laughs> and you probably would have broke some shit. And oh, he would totally, totally. Oh. He would have had to call the fucking hospital for you. Yeah. Holy shit. Fucking, it was awesome, man. That's that's my closet story. Not actually in the closet, but fuck, man. Close enough. Close enough. Same concept. Definitely. (laughs) Hidden. (laughs) See, I don't feel like kids these days get into that shit. No. No, they just send Snapchats. Whack. (laughs) Whack. Absolutely. Just fucking get in there. Get in some trouble. I feel like we were the the last great generation because we were the generation that like had... To play outside, but also understand yeah. the fucking internet. We're, we're, the, we're the old millennials. Yeah, the old millennials, man. I saw an article not too long ago, but it's like old millennials versus new millennials. Where even like millennials, it's so precise in how the world changed so quickly that even millennials have a subgenre. Like we're the old millennials. We were able to fucking play outside, early 90s kids, born in the late 80s, early 80s, and know what the 90s were like. We were 
coming of age during the dot com era and really got to see shit pop off like with fucking MySpace. Like, man, <laughs> some good shit, man. The, when, when the internet was in its infancy. Uh, yeah. Kids these days will never know. You'll never know. You'll never know, young man. <laughs> Your kid will never know an age where everything is not connected. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was listening to uh, your, your most recent podcast. Where was it? Ella? Ella, darling. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she was she made a comment like, I don't know how the world worked like before the internet. I understand. I was like, dude, like for real, like encyclopedias. But even then, like. Well, she has a degree in library science, actually. That's right. That's right. She said she was a librarian. I was like, fuck, man. Like, it's just fucking crazy, man. You got to go through the, the Rolodex. And <laughs> yeah, I we talked about it on that episode, not to t- call back to it too much, but. When I went to high school, like the internet was just kind of starting, and my teachers were like, "You can't use the internet as a reference." Yeah, and you meant you pointed out how Wikipedia had references, like "Go fuck yourself." <laughs> yeah, and they still wouldn't allow it. I was like, "Man, whatever, dude." Well, Wikipedia wasn't really a thing at that point. It was just like you were just kind of searching willy nilly. Yeah, just fucking shooting in the air. Like, hope, hope so. Hope I find something good. <laughs> hope I find something that supports my argument. Yeah, yeah. No, which, which you can do now. I mean, fucking, oh. that's what the internet. We talk about that in the social nuisance podcast. Was like you can go and you can find anything. www.imright.com. Oh yeah, no confirmation anything. bias is yeah. definitely real. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I can't believe she she had, she had a degree in library sciences. Yep, she's a porn star. Yep, that's awesome. She is wicked smart. That is so fucking cool. I would love to have a conversation with her because I would just like want to know. Well, like most like strippers, porn stars, all that. I just wanted to like. How did this happen? Like, I understand, like, you you can enjoy, and that's one of the like the stigmas they have is like, oh, you're just you're just dumb and you just you know get naked on camera. Not even close. Like, they are incredibly intelligent as well, and they have that entire aspect to them. But they also just enjoy sex. Like, like that's cool. Man. And like, not even it's not just enjoy sex. It's like any other fucking job. Your job doesn't fucking define you, right? It's some of them see it as this is a good way to make money. Some of them legitimately like, I love sex, so let me do this. And make money off of it, yeah. Exactly. There's a hundred different reasons why people get into porn. There's a hundred different backgrounds of people that are in porn. Just like, you know, music, any other form of entertainment. Yeah. Everyone comes from different backgrounds. Everyone has different reasons why they're doing it. Yeah. And unfortunately, there's some stereotypes out there that just, oh, you can't do anything else, so you're in porn. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's hard fucking work. And it's crazy some of the shit that porn performers have to put up with. I can imagine. I've always wanted to be on set. I've always was just curious. It's not very glamorous. I know it's not glamorous. And that's why I'm curious to be on set. Because I know it's it's very much like an actual like movie shoot. I don't know how fucking intense those shoots are. But you think of like porn. Like, oh, you're just watching. You're just film people fucking it's like nah man i know there's so much more into it like the preparation the aftermath discussions director i mean it's just so much going into just watching people fuck but i'm just curious like wow like i want to see that all like play out and coming together and just like fuck that's crazy i have a feeling you'd probably be pretty disappointed well i know well no i wouldn't say i'd be disappointed because i'm actually really fascinated with just the normalcy of things that you wouldn't expect to be normal like a conversation with a porn star like wow like you're actually really really smart <laughs> you you would because of those stigmas you wouldn't anticipate that conversation but i know that's where it's gonna go 
And because people have such diverse backgrounds and such unique backgrounds, I know a lot of these people have fucking amazing stories of just how they live life and how they got into the industry and just. I'd hope in 2018, shit. no one expects a porn star not to be intelligent. I I'd hope at this point. I would say it's safe to say all bets are off on just the human race, man. You never know. I mean, not to get political, but like Brett Kavanaugh, like, oh, you're a judge, but man, you're just an overgrown frat boy. Like, wow, like, wow. It's just crazy. Well, yeah, because everything in life is about who you know, not what you know. Oh, yeah. Totes. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, that's what still astounds me, especially in Hollywood, man. I mean, how fucking talented you are, but if you just happen to know the right person and they get their music in the right hands, done. That's another thing that I would want to instill in any kids I'd have is like, hey, cultivate relationships. Oh, for real. Learn how to network. Learn how to be sociable. Realize like it's important. It's possibly more important than you actually being skilled. I would agree. In this day and age, everyone has the ability to utilize technology but not everyone knows how to utilize uh, a strengthening conversation. 100%. And for a fucking kid, like the skills to be able to network, but not be fucking slimy about it. Yeah. Because everyone knows the slimy ladder climber. Yeah. People can fucking pinpoint someone who's just being like the insincerity of it. Yeah. Again. Yeah. The genuine nature of someone, people can sniff it out. They know if you're not genuine, they know if you're not real. And they'll, they have no problem turning their back to you because they, they can smell a fucking rat for sure. Yeah. Why would I... Why would I not associate yourself with that? Right. Why would I expend any energy into someone who's just trying to use me? Yeah, absolutely. And, then, and that's why I try to approach everyone like, like yourself when I approach shows or you know, booking agents. I try to be as sincere as possible and not come off as like spammy. Cause I try to be like, you know, I've actually listened to your show. I actually trying to approach you as a person. Like you're a person trying to cultivate your platform as am I let's potentially work together. Let's collaborate. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're not just like, Oh, this would be a good place for me to promote myself. Exactly. And I've, I've encountered people that hit me up with like the automated messages, the robot responses, like you lazy fuck. Go fuck yourself, man. There is some fucking podcast that every time I post on Instagram with a, the podcast hashtag will be the same automated message. And like the fourth time of it, I just respond to it like, thank you for the spam comment. Yeah. I have no, I have no problem calling them out like, fuck you, robot. Like, or even the person, like, I know you're going to see the response. You don't see all the automated responses that go out, but you see the times that your your name is tagged. So if I tag you and say, hey fuck you and your automated responses. You're going to see that. I hope you do. Cause you're being lazy piece of shit. Go out there and actually talk to people. Get a fucking publicist. If that's the route you're going to go, but don't get a publicist. That's going to fucking spam people. No one likes spam. No, no. It's fucking horrible. I hate those Instagram comments, man. They're fucking the worst. Yeah. It's just like, I go back through my Instagram and if someone followed me because of a post or something and I followed them back cause I thought they were interesting. Yeah. I will check week, two weeks later, see if they're still following me. Yeah, if, they, yeah. if they've unfollowed me and I don't really give that much of a fuck about what they're doing, I'll unfollow them back. Like, yeah. I'm not just here to be used for another follower count. Yeah. I, I, I can, can't stand it, man. You know, Kanye put that, that, that post the other day. Like, you wish like social media could be utilized without comments or not comments. Uh, the number of likes or the number of followers and all the numbers associated with social media is like, what if we could just have social media that not have that shit? I'm like, That'd be dope, man. 
put us on a level playing field. I, I don't need to know that my like got a thousand likes and shit or got a thousand comments or a thousand followers. If I'm saying real shit, I'm saying real shit and people that fuck with it will. Yeah, but someone like Kanye who has millions of followers, that's one thing. There are definitely people who it's a dopamine hit for them to see those likes. And that, it sh- that's the thing. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be, but it is. Unfortunately, yeah, it is. Unfortunately, it is. They tie their self-worth to that shit. It's horrible, man. I mean, I felt myself getting a little bit into it, but only because I need to play the game. I, that's that's what it is. I got to get my followers up. I got to get this up. Not because I fucking want it or give me a, a fucking fake sense of self-worth, but because the booking agents are looking at my numbers. I agree. No, I'm it's right there horrible. with you. It felt horribly lame, but I did it. While I was in Colombia. we bought some fucking ants and some local liquor and... I asked my buddies, like, these are my real-life fucking friends. Can you film me trying this shit? Yeah. But, I mean, that, that's that's just playing the game. It's yeah. taking a, a public persona on the public forum. You have to make content. You got to generate content. You got to generate engagement. That's just, what, that's just the game. That's just how it goes. No, 100%. I, I know. I grudgingly did it. I also told them in, like, the same trip, like, if I ever ask you to call me by my stage name in a non-public place, punch me. I unfortunately have to do it. I have to. I mean, sometimes I'll be in my own home and I'm doing the podcast. I'm in my own home. My wife's sitting right yeah, but there. The podcast is a public place. Yeah. In that sense too. Um, but if I go to shows, that's a public place. Okay. So like, you, if uh, I ever asked you to call me by my stage name, like it was just like me and you hanging out. Oh yeah. I don't do that. I'd be like, punch me. If I, yeah. if I ever get to a point where my head is that fucking like, call me Matt Slayer. Yeah. Yeah. Punch me in the fucking face. Yeah. <laughs> if I ever get, like, no, if you're on my podcast or we're out in a public place, like we're at a convention or some shit like that, or a place where the majority of the people that are interacting with know me by my stage name. Yeah. Yeah. I expect you to do that just to lack of confusion. But yeah. if it was just you and I hanging out and I ever be like, that's not my name. Punch me in the face. Yeah. 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 I agree. I agree. I, th- I think. My wife has never called me that. It's funny. Yeah, she's never called me Imagine. I don't think she's ever said. I mean, she says like, oh, she reference like, oh, Imagine Things or like, is that Imagine? or? You know. Yeah, that's well and good. Yeah. But if you become a, such a fucking douchebag where you demand to be known by your fucking stage name. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah, fuck that. I was talking to a suicide girlfriend of mine earlier today. Oh, I fucking love the suicide girls. Dude, OG fan of suicide girls. And she was like, we were talking about the Adult Swim Festival this weekend. Sick. And she's like, a bunch of my fans hit me up and like, DM me and ask me if they could meet me there. I'm like, girl, you, you have 50,000 Instagram followers. You're kind of famous. She's like, I'll never get used to it. I'm like, good. Because if you ever get used to it, you'll probably be a douchebag. Yeah, because you'll probably expect it. You have the entitlement. Yeah, yeah. sure. The minute entitlement happens, the minute you expect that shit, fuck you. Which one is it? I don't need a name dropper. Oh, uh, okay, fine. I'll tell you off air, but. Okay, cool. I fucking because I've I've been fucking with Suicide Girls forever, man. I oh man, the Suicide Girls. I remember when I first discovered Suicide Girls, I was like, "Holy shit, what is this? This is amazing!" And I would have trouble like it, it, like explaining to people like Suicide Girls. That sounds like really like dark. I'm like, nah, man. It's like it's like what if Playboy evolved in a certain aspect where you kept like the the artistic nature of these photos and had a good depth to these women that are just fucking amazing. Like the artwork. I mean, it's like, it's, it's art on top of art. They got beautiful artwork tattooed on them. 
with the piercings or a particular hairstyle with their eyes. It's fucking beautiful. Then you take artistic photos of that. It's fucking beautiful as fuck. So I was, I was way into suicide girls, man. You into burning angel as well? I've not heard of burning angel. What's that? It's all porn, you know, heavily tattooed porn chicks. Oh no, I never heard of that. That's cool. Really? Wow. No, I have the YouTube it later. <laughs> Was it burningangel.com? Yep. Burningangel.com. We'll check it out. That's pretty dope. Yeah. We'll decide I occasionally do some work for, so. Right on. Burning Angel. That's yep. what checked it out. Yeah, it's, you know, heavily tattooed alt porn girls. Okay. Like, uh, fuck, you know, Annabelle. Annabelle Peaks, yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's another one that has the spider webs on her tits. Bonnie Rotten. Bonnie Rotten. Yeah. Both beautiful women. Uh, both have shot for that site. Oh yeah, yep. As is expected, if that's their well, person. Bonnie, Bonnie, so mainstream. Well, Annabelle at this point, they're both really mainstream at yeah, this yeah. point. But back in the day, back when I started, Burning Angel was like the place for heavily tattooed girls. Nice, good for them, man. Yeah, I remember uh, two side girls. I, when I uh, when I got my house, I was super excited to have a coffee table because I'll have my suicide girls coffee book table book. Yeah, that thing. And I was super excited because I've had it for years and it's autographed by numerous girls. I'm like, fuck yeah. I finally have a coffee table to place it upon. And it's been there ever since. Fucking love it. And that's awesome that your wife's all about that life. Oh, yeah. She would go through the book and she's like, oh, that's really pretty. That's a really good photo. I've taken pictures of my wife as well. And just it's awesome. Your wife heavily tattooed? Not heavily uh, she has an amazing uh, world map in watercolor on her back. Fucking gorgeous. Um, and then in a bit personalized cursive, it says, uh, I want adventure in the great wide somewhere, quoting uh, Beauty and the Beast. So that's on her back. Um, and then on her side is a tattoo she got like early college years, like a tiger, some shit. Not as beautiful as the world map. I think I'm just partial to the world map. It looks fucking beautiful. But yeah, she has that. I am, because she's your wife, and yeah. I'm trying not to be disrespectful. I'm stopping myself from making a joke. No, uh, say it. So you've come across the world. I have <laughs> multiple times. I couldn't help myself. I fucking couldn't help myself. <laughs> come across the world multiple times. <laughs> I was like, I'm placing my flag here, there, and there, all at the same time. <laughs> It, yeah, people get weird when it comes to wives. Nah, she's cool, man. She gets a good joke, and she would have to in order to marry me. I'm fucking so inappropriate, and it's a good thing that she is too. So that's works out. Hey, uh, that's awesome that it fucking works out that way. Yeah, like, yeah. Both, both of you, like, it's a good match. Like, yeah. I mean, hell, we went to a fucking ping pong show together, and she wanted to go to that. Fuck yeah, that's fucking awesome. Right, that's that's awesome. so fucking awesome. <laughs> Yeah. One of these days, I'm going to drunkenly propose to a woman who will go to a ping pong show with me. Because <laughs> that's what I do. I, I just get drunk and propose to people. There you go. That's why there's a thing of that's, ring pops on my fucking kitchen. Oh, that's the ring pops. <laughs> the like, law of averages. It's got to work out eventually. Like, hey, girl, I'm going to put a ring on it. Look <sighs> <laughs> this ring pop. That's awesome. But imagine, it is about that time. It is last call. So where can we find you on all the social media? Find oh. your music. Find all that fun shit. One stop shop that imagine.com, or you can simply find me on all social media at that underscore imagine. 
Um, it's the same everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Snapchat, you name it. It's all the same shit. No complexities. Thatimagine.com. Awesome. And the new album dropped already? The new album is out. It's called Beyond Clouds. It came out September 28th. I'll be promoting this shit for the next year. So you will not be surprised to see my name on numerous bills performing throughout Los Angeles, Orange County, Inland Empire, Southern California. But fear not, I will also be on tour as well, touring the nation when I get the opportunity to. So if you have a city and you dig my shit, let me know and I will come perform. Whether it be it's in your local bar, in your bedroom, in your mom's room. I don't care if you have a stage and a mic, I am there. Oh, shit. Probably shouldn't request them in your mom's room. Uh, the wife will get a little upset. All right, she'll be holding the camera, man. I'm fucking not mad at that at all. That's a good fucking wife. Yep. yep. All right. Well, you can always find me at Matt underscore Slayer on Twitter, Matt Slayer on Instagram, Matt F. Slayer on Facebook. You can find the podcast at And Now We Drink on Twitter, And Now We Drink underscore on Instagram. And until next time, everyone. Now we drink. And now we drink. Thanks again, drinking buddies, for tuning in. And as promised, the And Now We Drink premiere of Imagine's Mic Check. Frustrated night of 
exhale every time I fucking failed But every time I try again Cause every loss is not the end Deep breath, lift my chin, pound my gloves and go again Everybody on your feet Everybody look at me I found the stage and came on it Like my fucking name's on it Send your best, nothing less when I call for it It's your moment, come and get it Cause you were made for it Spellbound, drown sound Get the fuck up off the ground And show me what you got now All of that aggression, man Let it out All those times they doubted you Let it out Every time you hesitated Let it out All that fucking love inside Let it out Out beyond the cloud Cause I'm a star like the sun Let imagination run with thoughts That weigh a ton Service to community By acting out through you and me Envision my utopia And question how it ought to be Recall the name Imagine if you will Don't write it down Just remember skill Synonymous and one and same And don't forget the name Imagine that it's fucking back and regulating game with a